In this episode, you lucky ducks, we are joined by Dave Brink, and it is a Fab 15 episode. We're doing the Fab 15 movie soundtracks. What will be on it? We don't know. You don't know. That's why you're listening to The Thing. I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Checkmates, it's your old Uncle Derek coming to you on a uh, seasonably, reasonably cool day in St. Louis, Missouri. Sitting here with my brother Dave. Say hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. Very good. Thank you. I hope you all are doing okay out there. I uh, normally start the show with personal anecdotes and things like that, but I got nothing. Uh, Dave, you? Uh, Nothing I'm at liberty to share at this point. Wow. Mm. Recent stabbing? Something like that? I'm not at liberty to share at this okay, point. Okay, that's clear. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, I got nothing. I just, I, same old, same old. We did a birthday party in the family this weekend. That's the, Oh, we did. Yeah, that's the thing that happened. Yeah, it was uh, the uh, birthday of my twins. Correct. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I expected more to that. Sorry. <laughs> you just stopped. I thought you looked like you were about to say something. I, so. had, I had a glass of vodka in my mouth. <laughs> It's never stopped you before. That's true. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that's that's all that happened in, in my world. I did that, and I've been working. It's been, you know, yeah. I've been writing some music. Well, that's writing good. some stuff, yeah. I'll, you know. I have titles for records in my head, but I don't have the music to go with them. It's, uh, that's half the battle. Sometimes so, it's, yeah. So it's harder know, to name a thing than it is to... Another <laughs> year or two, like, a series of EPs is coming. So. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, I got, uh, I probably got something in 2023, but, you know, it's, I got like six songs down, I need like 10, 11, 12. Sure. You know, that's, uh, that's what I got going on. Uh, you out there in, in, uh, empty land? I don't, whatever, I, I don't love that. that no, that's, <laughs> it sounds sad. Don't do that. No, uh, checking, checkville. Checkingville? You uh, listening at home, if you've got something going on, uh, I would love to hear about it, because clearly I've got nothing of interest. The uh, ways that you can let me know about it is that the show has a companion blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. If you want to know more about me, it's derekbrink.com. If you like the music that you hear throughout the show, it's uh, available for free at derekbrink.bandcamp.com. All you do is put in zero as your purchase price. I don't collect your email address or anything like that. I won't even know that you took it. I would just love it if you loved it. And if you want to contact the show, you can send an email to db, those are my initials, db at derekbrink.com, and I will reply to you or possibly read it on the show. So uh, that's all the stuff that I have to say up front for reasons that I don't understand that people tell me are important for metrics. Uh, Oh, also, you can listen to it on the app that you're listening to it on right now. Yeah, we're doing a Fab 15 today. That's why Dave's here. We're doing a Fab 15. We're talking about our Fab 15 movie soundtracks, which is a topic I suggested. Yes. Because uh, when we came up with this idea, I immediately just started making lists of stuff. 
And uh, this is one that I had. Sure. That has been revised, I think, 17 times since uh, I... Yeah, this was way harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. I will tell you in advance, I am not happy with my list or what I think it says about me. Uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, maybe at the end of this, we're going to find that we should should have only talked about your list. That's <laughs> Well, maybe. I mean, you know, I don't know. Um, I learned a lot about myself with okay. this. Actually, I learned that I love soundtracks, and I didn't sure. think I loved soundtracks. I thought I just liked them. Turns out, I love soundtracks. Who knew? Yeah, I mean, soundtracks are... It, it, it's a weird experience with soundtracks, I think, after roughly 1980, because there was a time where soundtracks were how new music got out there. Like, the the new James Bond song was always a single, you know? and uh, like Well, that was the 80s, too. Well, yeah. The, the soundtracks, in my opinion, came into their own in the 80s. Okay. Soundtracks from the 80s, well, I guess from the... Uh, they kind of started being a thing as early as recorded music is out there for, for movies, you know. But um, the modern soundtrack came into its own in the 80s. Is during the 60s and most of the 70s, although not all of it, you got, like you're saying, your Bond. So you'd have your Bond song, your one song that everyone knew, and then a whole album of it was mostly uh, orchestral stuff yeah. and that. But uh, yeah, around about the... Late sixties, early seventies, somewhere in there. I, mean, I, I really need to look up that years. So that's going to be important later. Okay. Um, <laughs> or maybe it won't be. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I could talk while you do that if you things, want. Things. Uh, <laughs> well, things just started to change a little bit, and it became, um, yeah, it became a little bit about new music because a lot of the stuff, uh, the eighties stuff and seventies too, there was new music put out there, um, sometimes written for the, for the movie, sometimes not. But uh, I think it really, you know, towards the end of the 70s, especially, and the early 80s, it really came to their own where soundtracks were a lot of money poured into soundtracks, and soundtracks had just as much marketing as the movie, sometimes more. Yeah, that's true. So um, as a child of the 80s, I was a kid in the 80s um, and a teenager in the late 80s. Um, As a child of the 80s, soundtracks kind of, and I have kind of been in my life in a different way. I think than they are for other people. I kind of saw the explosion of the soundtrack being a young child and then into kids. So, um, and then I kind of saw their downfall and recent return. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, yeah I soundtracks. Guess I... I guess within certain parameters, mm. I should say, I really like the soundtrack and what it means and what it does. Fair enough. Yeah, I guess I missed out on really the big soundtrack boom. I was born in 1980, so I, you know, would have been a kid yeah. when. A lot of that hit. But. I mean, I was a kid when for a lot of it, or at least a very young teenager sure. uh, or preteen for a lot of it. But um, I was certainly around to feel the impact and to see the impact of uh, how this how this all worked. So. Okay. Uh, we should tell people we established a few ground rules. Yes. Uh, no musicals. Much as we love Rocky Horror, it's a musical. And a musical, basically, we're... We're defining that as, uh, I'm going to pick an example that I have not seen your list, you have not seen my list, but spoiler alert, this one isn't on my list. Okay. Uh, you can do Eddie and the Cruisers. That's mm-hmm. a song with a lot of music in it and people performing the music and performing okay. the songs, yeah. but the songs aren't actually advancing the plot. If you watch, well, at least Well, mostly, yeah. Um, if you watch, but you can't watch, uh, say, Fiddler on the Roof. And take out the songs and have the plot make any sense. 
Like th- th- that's essentially the what, right. What well, I mean in by my music. view, a musical is anything where um, the characters stop and sing, not necessarily in a band because there because movies we establish movies about fake bands are allowed, right? Or I guess movies that are kind of biographical, but kind of a semi-autobiographical, semi-autobiographical yeah. thing, you know, like um, that's allowed. Uh, but when uh, they stop, you know, when they say, uh, he's got a gun, and then everyone, he's got a gun, <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not a, 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 admissible. <laughs> anything with this, anything with Disney yeah, is yeah. not Basically, admissible. Basically, if, if it's delivering exposition in the song, then it's a musical. Right. It's Even if you're, the line. yeah, if you, you know, if, uh, whether it furthers the plot or not, if you're, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I've actually got one on my list that I think is borderline, but it's, we'll I think there. there's going to be a lot of borderline yeah. stuff going on. Um, and you know, there's, uh, there's always a gray area. Yeah. So musicals were not allowed. Also straight scores. Straight scores. Were not yeah, allowed. Right. Which so, means no John Williams, which oh, means no John Williams, yeah, no Lord of the Rings. No, oh, no Danny Elfman. No Danny Elfman. Yeah. Um, which is kind of heartbreaking. <laughs> uh, um, uh, good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, oh, and, yeah. And Nino I, Mor- I'm going to mess his name up. Uh, yeah, Nino Morion. I was yeah. going to put a C in it somewhere. Yeah, I, I don't know don't why. Know that I've but, ever heard it um, said out loud. Uh, <laughs> that's true. I will see it written. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. Um, uh, so I probably butchered the name. Apologies to everybody. But, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but you know, quickly becoming one of my favorite composers, actually. So sure. Uh, that's out, or even like uh, newer stuff, like the Black Panther soundtrack, for example. Okay. Um, I think it may have a little, a few song songs on it, but it's mostly um, a hip hop scoring yeah. of a movie. At least yeah. the soundtrack part is yeah. um, that came out, and you started off as songs and it grew into something else, and that was on my list at one point. But like, you know what? That's too borderline. That's too close. You know, can't... Yeah, it. You could almost make a case for any of the Marvel movies until. <laughs> I mean, it's and maybe you you were going to, but. Uh, in brief, no musicals. I think we all know what we mean by musicals. If you're right. going to go to a theater and see it, that's a musical, you know? Yeah, no musicals, uh, no scores. Yeah, if it's going to hit Broadway, that's a musical. No scores, right. uh, no concert films. So like Woodstock is out or uh, uh, The Last Waltz is out, no, nothing like yeah, that. Yeah, I think music documentaries in general right. yeah, are no out. Like we said, if they're right. about a fictitious band or a yeah, semi-autobiographical where it's... Technically about this, but it's so far removed and it doesn't use any real name. Okay, fine. Yeah, but you can't That's do acceptable. like Ken Burns jazz. Like that. Right, <laughs> exactly. You know? Um, yeah, so, and even if it's about a, you know, like I say, a, a band and they use their music throughout the whole thing. Yeah. That's out. I mean, people went crazy for the Bohemian Rhapsody soundtrack. Right. Not nope. acceptable. And I yeah. like the soundtrack. It's a good soundtrack, but no. Yeah. Uh, not acceptable. So. Yeah. Um, and like no. Uh, um, uh, it's gone. Sorry. <laughs> you know why it's gone? Because we couldn't do it. Oh yeah, it was not allowed. Sure. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, uh, no concert. And we, you know, the Beatles movies were out, uh, obviously. Right, and you could argue that those are borderline. Absolutely, but, but it's it's also cheating. Plus, we just did a Beatles episode. Yeah, so, so let's and, not and go like back I also to the well that quick. You also have to rule out the like the Who's Tommy, which is a musical anyway. Uh, and I also ruled out Quadrophenia for myself, even though I yeah. considered it. But Well, I went a little further mm-hmm. to my own. I tried to, and I failed at this, but sure. I tried to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tried to do uh, soundtracks that had something either exclusive 
to the soundtrack, at least or premiered exclusive or had something written for it. And again, I didn't get quite there. There are a few of them on my list that did not go to there. But I, uh, again, because of my relationship with soundtracks and the way they were presented and sold in the 80s and early 90s and late 70s, um, that's kind of important to me because I think a good soundtrack, in my view, is not necessarily retroactive, although there are a few retroactive ones on my list. I think a good soundtrack captures a moment. Okay. Um, we'll, and we'll get into all that later. But I think a good soundtrack, um, well, the really good ones I think are of their time. It's not going back and plugging in songs from that era, mm, from that era, uh, which is acceptable and which is fine. And there are some great soundtracks. I own some of them. Yeah, I think you ruled out like half of my list. Just <laughs> and that's and that's okay. I, I just said this was my. My view, mm-hmm. uh, my personal thing, uh, because there's a lot of that I that if I didn't put that rule on, um, would be on there. Sure. And I would have an entirely different list. Sure, but um, I think that uh, there's a. I don't remember who said it, and I'm going to paraphrase it anyway. But somebody said, if you want to know how bad the music was in any particular year, listen to the soundtracks. That makes sense from the from that year, and that makes sense. But it's also unfair because there were a lot of soundtracks that created a movement or documented a movement mm. or um, hit the just hit the pulse of what was happening at the time, either created something, sometimes it created a pulse and a movement that wasn't there. Sure. Or it, you know, brought out brought things out to light. So I think that soundtracks are kind of important in that way. Um, and there are still a lot of bad ones, that is true. But <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we could all name them, but sure. um, you know, there you go. So yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how we both approached it. Yeah, you took it much more seriously than I did. I didn't mean I, to. It just <laughs> happened. I uh, I went, oh, I like that movie. The music's kind of good. Uh, I did that sometimes, <laughs> but I wound up taking those off because I thought other things should be on there. That's fair. Um, I've got. A, I've actually got a, a couple a couple few on my list that I just thought belonged on a list like this. But uh, I, I mostly just took a personal approach to it. Uh, oh, another thing that we... Um, that we kind of decided, uh, I, I think we talked about this anyway, is that, <laughs> <laughs> I might be wrong. Might be the first I've heard of it, but continue. Uh, it could be. We decided that you've got to be wedded to the actual released soundtrack. Yes. Like, it can't just be, because uh, people out there may not be as familiar with soundtracks, you can't just watch a movie and hear the music in it and go, oh, I love so much music from that movie. A lot of those songs don't end up on the actual physical release soundtrack, uh, and we're wedding ourselves to the actual physical release soundtrack. Like, yeah. I, I will tell you, uh, Royal Tenenbaums would be on my list if I could have just watched the movie and not looked at the soundtrack. Right. The Hey Jude is not on that soundtrack, and it, you know... Yeah, sometimes it's licensing, sometimes yeah. uh, the soundtrack has to be put into production. Mm-hmm early enough that sometimes they get changed it get pulls out some things get pulled out of a movie at the last minute and get replaced um right. and in the old days they did it a lot for time because you could only put yeah you know only put like what 45 50 minutes on an album and still have it sound good yeah on a, a vinyl record so at least back then so um you know without going into double and then there's a, been a lot in the recent years a lot of the soundtracks have been re-released with more music in it um, yeah. Sometimes they were in the movie. Sometimes they weren't. It's just other stuff. Yeah, that gets and confusing. And <laughs> I'm not sure how that plays in. I left one or two things off because of that because I sure. just wasn't sure where 
that were the landed for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there's tons of things that could have been on my list and aren't. And there's, and every, everyone listening is going to be screaming about one thing going, yep. why isn't such and such on there? That's the greatest soundtrack ever. When it may be, but either it didn't fall in our parameters or we forgot it because we're not good at yeah, stuff. Yeah. I have uh, <laughs> 13 honorable mentions. 14 honorable mentions. Oh, I had a list so, of 35 at one point, yeah. And my honorable mentions that I thought I should mention are here, but we're going to start talking and I'll figure other things out. And right. I'll talk about other things. And there's, like I said, there's things you're going to have on there that I didn't put for my personal reason. Right. But if it goes with the agreed upon then i'm gonna be okay with it so okay fair enough we'll see what i think we'll see what happens um but you know i expect a lot of uh huh really and a lot of arguing and yeah. i also expect um i will be honest and i lamed out on a lot of this a lot of this is kind of lame stuff but i didn't think you could have a serious conversation about soundtracks without including a few movies icon iconic movies and iconic soundtracks okay um and the thing about Fab 15, the whole concept is it's not best, it's fab. So yeah. it's half of it is what you think should be there and half of it's mental. The other half is gut. So you just kind of got to, you know, so we're rolling with it. Yeah. So fab, of course, go. being short for the 60s recording artist Fabian. Right. Uh, sorry, everybody. Fabulous. I'm, I'm going to try to, I've got to try to, yes, fabulous. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to have a different fab joke every time. <laughs> uh, I covered, I will uh, sit here and say fabulous. Yes. <laughs> covered fab from Millie Vanilli last time. That's good. Fabian this time. I think I'm out. <laughs> I mean, you can peaked. try. I think that peaked at Millie Vanilli, <laughs> which is the only and time anyone has ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robin Fab said it. Well, yeah. Um, well, somebody did on their yeah. behalf. So uh, <laughs> the other, the only other thing I want to mention about my own list, and I can go into this later, uh, and I haven't seen your list. I don't know, but my list, and I apologize in advance, is sorely underrepresented with hip hop. Oh, mine too. Um, and the I feel bad about that. Well, but. and I had something on my list. I had two things on my list at one point that would have rectified that. Mm. But um, I took them off because one of them was just disingenuous, I thought, because sure. I think it's an important sound soundtrack. It's had a lot of... And we'll maybe we'll talk about it later. Um, mm -hmm. Had a lot of good stuff on it, but I'm not a big fan of hip-hop. I lived, I lived through the beginning of it. Um... I like certain things, but I never related to it as a youngster, and as a youngster, as a young youngster. boy, I never, <laughs> um, I never related to it. And when I got around to being able to kind of understand it a little better and uh, have a little bit more respect for it as a genre, yeah. it's still not necessarily something that I go to all the time. So yeah, there's a same. few things I left out. Uh, one of my favorite movies that it shouldn't be one of my movies. I have no right for it to be one of my favorite movies. Um, is Juice. Oh, wow. And the Juice soundtrack. Wow. <laughs> the Juice soundtrack is early hip-hop. You know, remember, Tupac was an actor before he was a rapper. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people don't remember. Yeah. And uh, he's not even on it, but he's in the movie. Hmm. Um, and I had that on there for he's a while. He's not on the soundtrack of that? I don't believe so, huh. unless unless I'm mistaken. I could be mistaken. I mean, I Somebody don't Somebody will I, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. That, that did not even enter my radar. But I don't so, think... Yeah. Um, I thought I should put it on there but because I like the movie so much, but... Um, in reality, I just didn't know enough about the soundtrack to say the other one, since we're talking about, it, I'll just go ahead and throw it out since mm. you probably don't have it on your, well, maybe sure. you do. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay. Um, and if so, you can just replace it with one of the other things you had, one of your 25 
Some mentions. Um, <laughs> there's a movie that a lot of people don't like, but people love the soundtrack too. Uh, Judgment Night. Oh no, it's not on my list, but that's okay. a good choice. That's a good so pull. Judgment Night was when rap metal looked like it might be a thing, yeah, and actually had a lot of potential and really excited people, and yeah. then it became a joke within just a year or two. Yeah, um, not that there aren't still bands that do it, and some do better than others, but that was an exciting soundtrack, an exciting time, and it was on and off my list several times, but. Um, I will listen to a song or two from it, but seldom would I ever just play the whole thing front to back, and that's sure. why I left it off. So people who are upset about you know the hip hop not being represented, it was close. I almost did it. I'm very sorry, but it didn't. It didn't quite. Yeah, make it. I had a couple of borderline hip hop things on my list too. They ultimately did not make the cut, just because again, it's personal preference on my list more than anything else. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a rap guy. I'm not a hip hop guy. I, you know, I'm at the point now, and it's taken me a while to get here, but I'm at the point now that I can hear a rap song and distinguish. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Versus, oh, that's you know garbage. You know, I'm at the point where I can recognize what I would like if I were into the genre, right? Uh, which is difficult to. That's that's probably confusing to hear to some people. But I, I'm at that point. But I'm just I'm not into rap. But like every now and again, I go, oh, Eminem's "Stan" is an important song. You know, I I get why that. You yeah, know, I mean, there's things I like. There's yeah, and like "Gangsters Paradise" was a it was an important song. I I don't. I don't mean to belittle rap when I say I'm not into it. I'm just not into it. It's not the thing. I I, I grew up with guitar-based rock and roll, and that's what I love. And and also exactly. country and stuff. Yeah, I grew but, up with know. rock. We grew up with a little bit of country. Grew up with a lot of things. You know, it's like, um, it's like jazz. I like jazz, but I don't know, other than the big names, I don't know good from bad. Sure. Um, to me, whereas I'm pretty into jazz, so. right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, I could do that with blues. I can tell you good versus bad blues, but I can't do it with jazz. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing, you know. Um, and like I say, maybe I just need to listen to more of it. But there are certain things I like. Every once in a while, something will catch my ear. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, I like that. A good hook. Yeah, yeah, that's fire. But yeah. <laughs> you know, <Wow. laughs> um, I just thought I could get away with saying that, and I don't think I can. No. So um, I mean, you got teenagers, so you hear it. You know? Yeah. Right. So, you got an 18 um, I guess. Well, 18-ager and two, they're creeping up on it very quickly. precipice. Yeah. So, anyway, um, with that disclaimer out of the way, I guess we should get uh, we should get into it. I guess we should. Uh, let's see. On the last episode, uh, you went first. Uh, how about this time you go first? Because <laughs> I think your list has got to be better. <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's uh, very flawed reasoning, and I dig it. Okay, All so right. you're number 15, sir. Is actually right now being changed with what was number 14. Okay. So I am going to make a note here in my notebook that I'm flipping these. Because um, I'm keeping track of everything I've done. Yeah, I'm so writing can, down your list as it happens. Um, so anyway, okay. So my number 15, um, one that actually probably might be on your list. Okay. Knowing your tastes. Uh, but my number 15 is The Life Aquatic. Okay, that is on my list. Yeah, I figured it would be. Um, and I thought about putting it higher, uh, but I kind of leaned out and didn't. Mm-hmm. So this is my fir- my favorite Wes Anderson movie, yeah, although favorite. I haven't seen them all. Yeah, it's, well, So it's, I it's, can't say it's... It's either my favorite or it's a very close second with Grand Budapest Hotel, which see, I didn't I, get out of my mouth properly. Grand but... <laughs> Budapest I actually own yeah. and have never watched the whole thing. Wow. Um, it's one of those that was deals. my first Wes Anderson movie. I got it as a gift <laughs> and um, I started watching it and for whatever reason stopped and never picked it up I like uh, Royal Tannenbaum's thought was a really good movie yeah um, 
Life Aquatic is just happens to be my favorite because it's so unlike pretty yeah. much any other movie. Yeah. And I will say the same Bananas. about the soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Um, the soundtrack is very chill for the most part, mm-hmm. um, although it kind of gets a little nuts in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I actually have handwritten notes of every soundtrack on my list, so I'll You know what? I really um, should have... I, th- I, I own everything that's on this list, so I should have well, just brought the stack. Sure. Um, <laughs> Some of it's in the car, so I could go ahead and get it if we need that to. That would have been visually ineffective on an audio show. Yes, but I could look at it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I um, so anyway, uh, Life Aquatic gets a little nuts towards the, the middle. Yeah. Um, which is Yeah, there is necess- a Mickey and the Stooges song. Which is necessary yeah. for the movie. Well, there's a Devo yeah. song on it, too. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, mm-hmm. love Devo. I have gotten to the point where I just absolutely love Devo. Yeah. I don't know if I'm supposed to or not, but I do. Yeah. Um, I love so, the mythology. I love the songs, everything. I'm just like... Totally in now. Gut feeling on that one, isn't it? Gut feeling yeah. is on it, yeah. yeah. I've uh, got the vinyl just, release of that soundtrack. Oh, cool. Yeah. Just really just digging into Devo lately. But anyway, um, <laughs> I digress. The <laughs> soundtrack, apart from knowing the visuals and knowing what it does in the movie and making sense, uh, you have to love the Portuguese yeah. uh, translations of David Bowie stuff. That's why everybody Wonderful. bought it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's accurate or not, but it's it sounds well, good. Well, the guy's Portuguese. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to guess Jorge, G, uh, J-O-R-G-E, I think it's his name? I think so. Uh, he actually also released, and I've got this, he released a studio sessions that's like 15 songs of him doing Bowie songs, uh, that is oh, not, cool. and it's not all in the movie, I've got that too. Uh, but yeah, yeah so it's so just him playing him just on an him, acoustic guitar, Yeah, just acoustic much. guitar and singing in Portuguese. That's cool. Um, so that's awesome. Um, so, and if you listen to it just as a soundtrack and don't listen to it necessarily with the idea of the movie in your head, yeah. it sounds like a, uh, playlist or mixtape, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Kind of like a lounge mixtape made by someone who is certifiably insane. Yeah. And got bored <laughs> at one point. And I really <laughs> love that aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. It's really um, cool. It was actually a little bit higher at one point on my list, but I decided to, like I said, I kind of lamed out and put the usual suspects up top. So, um, I mean, number 14, but, uh, or okay. number 15, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, so I thought it would deliver to be on the list. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good choice. Uh, it's on my list for a lot of the same reasons. I mean, I, I mean, I just fucking love Bowie and, uh, sure. you know, so like a long time listeners will remember my Wes Anderson episode. I watched all of his movies in a fairly short setting or setting, uh, time frame, whatever. And I ended with Life Aquatic because I kind of had the most hope for that one. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I watched it and I was just in love with the movie. I just, I really dug the tone of it and all the stuff happening in it. And the soundtrack just captured my heart because I love David Bowie. And uh, just really cool. But I mean, like you said, you also get, uh, you also get Devo. You also get uh, 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 the, the Stooges. Stooges. You get, yeah. you get uh, uh, the uh, uh, song with Joan Baez on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember uh, the name of the song either. But... Here's to You. Yes. Yeah, you get that. That's in there. Um, there's a version of 30th Century Man mm-hmm. in there, which I knew as a Jigsaw scene song, but I don't think it's that version. Uh, I think it's probably the person who wrote it. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I don't know the history of that song. Yeah, but... I, like I said, I should have brought him in so I could look at yeah, all like stuff. Yeah, I, but... I, just, I heard that song pop up in the movie and just went, oh, someone else knows that? You know, and it just seemed like, oh, they curated this playlist for me, you know, and uh, so yeah, it's on my list too. It's not at number 15, but it's on my list too. 
What I have as long at as I didn't 15, take your number one. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> we'll do that later. Uh, what I have at number fifteen is one that I really feel belongs on the list and in the discussion. Uh, and it's weird that it's at my number 15 because I kind of feel like it should be higher, but just with the way my brain works, it ended up at 15. Uh, the soundtrack to Forrest Gump is, okay. is my number 15. Uh, you said okay, not that's on my list too, so that's interesting. Uh, no, it's not on my list. Okay. <laughs> Sorry for that pause there. I just looked at him. Uh, <laughs> folks at home. Yeah, well, the for- but, uh, go ahead. The Forrest Gump soundtrack. Uh, I will say of it, it's not as good as you remember. True. Everyone thinks of the Forrest Gump soundtrack as, oh, it's this seminal classic list, uh, playlist that just documents music history for that time. Eh, kinda. Uh, but a lot of hits on it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's it's still pretty good. Yeah. I, I, you know, went through the list and went, yeah, there's... It's a double disc that could have been a single disc, but it's it's still really strong. Uh, confusing that Hound Dog is on there because I think that the song that was in the movie was Blue Suede Shoes, but uh, it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, I haven't watched it for uh, ages. So, but I just think it's a good list. It does document a lot of the music of the time in which the mu- the movie's set. Yes. And, I mean, a fairly iconic use of Fortunate Son, mm-hmm. that, you know, everybody's favorite Credence song. Uh, fair, well, not everybody, it, you know. But it should be. Yeah, it's up there. Um, <laughs> mine might be Green River. But, uh, uh, yeah, fairly iconic use of that. Fairly iconic use of, uh, 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 what's that song? Running on empty. Running on empty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jackson Brown, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go. You, you do the rest of the show. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, fairly iconic use of that when Forrest is doing his across country tra- uh, track. Sure. Uh, uh, I forgot that was in that. Also, a, just a good mix of songs that it it feels cohesive as a song list. It doesn't. There's it does. no sore thumb really in the in the song list, and that that impressed me a lot. And again, I just think it's one that deserves to be talked about. If nothing else, then for the reason that when that movie came out, everybody bought the soundtrack. Like everybody yeah, just I have kinda, a lot of those that everybody yeah. bought the soundtrack. Yeah, it just kind of was um, significant in that way. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's my reasoning. Probably why it's not on here is because, again, um, like we talked about earlier, I tried to stay away from things that were just a compilation of hits. Yeah. Because it that could have been a KTEL record, if anybody oh, remembers okay. KTEL. Yeah. Um, but you are correct. It is a very good collection of songs. I have it. Sure. I own Forrest Gump. Everybody's got... If you don't, then you probably don't buy records. You didn't, right. but you didn't at the time, anyway. Right. Um, it was, what, like 95? People uh, were still buying Something records. like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's... Uh, you know, And it's a very good soundtrack. I'm not going to argue with it. It didn't meet my personal criteria, but it meets the criteria we laid down. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm fine with Forrest Gump. It's a good soundtrack. Uh, you're right. It could have been better in a few places, but, you know, so much goes into having to pick these and what you can and can't use and everything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's cool. That's a good. That's a good pick. But that was that was my fifteen. Yeah, but it's a good. It's, it's a good. It's a good soundtrack. I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. Okay, fair enough. Your okay. fifteen was Life Aquatic. What is uh-huh. your fourteen? Um, Death Proof. Death Proof. Yes. Nowhere near my list. Please go on. <laughs> okay, so Death Proof. The reason I picked it, other than I just like all the music on it, and I think it's a criminally underrated movie. 
Um, that was uh, released as part of a twofer, wasn't mm-hmm, it? That was part of the Grindhouse, Grindhouse right. thing, which if you know Grindhouse Cinema, you loved it as a tribute. If yeah. you don't know Grindhouse Cinema, which most people don't, right. it just confused everybody. Yeah. yeah, which I guess they're separate movies now anyway. So. They are separate movies, yeah. and they were then too. Yeah. They didn't connect other than just being the same topic. Right, but I were... think they're released separately now. And, and they are. You can, so, get, it, you can yeah. get it either way. Yeah. Um, but so, sorry Death I interjected. Proof, that's okay. Death Proof um, <laughs> loved the movie. And I'm not a huge Tarantino fan. I like a lot of his stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm not a huge fan. A lot of his huge fans don't don't like it very much, and that's okay. But um, the reason I like the soundtrack so much, it's got a really cool vibe. Uh, it's a lot of 60s stuff, 70s stuff, very much groove-based. So it's very cohesive, and the stuff that is instrumental um, sounds like it belongs. And it really helps out. There's also dialogue from the movie in it, which is always fun. Yeah. Um, a little that. bit of that. Uh, so it kind of helps tell the story a little bit of the movie. Um, and that's part of what I like about it. There's a little bit of clips of it. But um, you can listen to it as an album. And it's fine. If you took out the dialogue, you wouldn't know the difference. Uh, it just sounds like a like a collection of stuff, which, again, that's borderline for me. But the thing about Death Proof that I like is that uh, the first half of the movie takes place in a bar in Texas. Yeah. And I don't know if this is completely true, but I think it's mostly true. Um, throughout the movie, people are playing songs on the jukebox. So it's all the songs from the jukebox, but I believe every song on the record is actually on the jukebox in the bar that they were oh, filming at and that they were doing it. Now, I could be wrong. It might not be all of them. But that was the rumor at the time, anyway. Now, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with the soundtrack. What kind of stuff's on it? Uh, you have... Um, you you have need to pull it up on your stuff. phone, I'll bang. I might. <laughs> you have... Um, what's this? Uh, the song by Smith. Um, Smith? Baby, It's You. Oh, Baby, okay. It's You. Um, Lee is on it. Stagger Lee, yeah. One okay, of the versions of Stagger Lee. There's many different yeah. versions, but the... Kind of more of a blues version. Yeah, I've seen um, the movie, but it's just um, I, the soundtrack's not clicking in my head. Yeah, there's um, Chick Habit is on there. Okay, uh, cool, 50, like fifties, early sixties song. Um, it's probably later than that, but it sounds it. Um, gosh, uh, Davy Dozy, Mickey Beak and Titch, that group. <laughs> That's the name of the group, and I'm trying to remember the name of the song. Um, da, 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 da. um oh gosh i can't remember i just heard it not too long ago and it's you, you this know, scene you're gonna have to stop singing because it's too perfect and we'll get copyright struck yeah all right it's, it's fair <laughs> <I'm> gonna... <laughs> um but i didn't do any words um that's that's how i avoided it right because it yeah yeah the, the, um that was actually actually pretty close i'm just honestly um, I'm also enjoying watching you try to open your phone to get. Into... <laughs> I have a lot of security on my phone. Yeah, Thank I have none. Very. If much. anybody ever wants to find out who's in my phone list, I don't have any financial information on there. You could just like call my friend Kim. Nope, <laughs> I'm here now. Okay, okay baby, it's you. Um, see, oh, T Rex. T Rex is on it. Cheapster is on it. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good song. Yeah, I'm a criminally underrated band. Um, Absolutely. So in this country, anyway. Well, yeah, I'm sure so, it's bigger um, in England, but yeah, much, much. So, um, yeah, so a lot of stuff like that. Um, so, uh, coasters are on it with Down in Mexico. Oh, sure. Um, Willie Deville, it's so easy is on it. Um, there's a oh, few. Oh, yeah. There's a few um, instrumental stuff that's really yeah, cool. Kind of, um, yeah. kind of that same thing. Um, so it's a really 
fun soundtrack. It's a little dark in places, which it would be considering the movie. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, it's a movie about a guy got... killing a girl with his car. For anyone who doesn't know, well, multiple. Yeah, well, not just yeah. one. But um, yeah, so it's uh, the car itself is death proof if yeah. you're sitting in the right seat. Right. So, um, so it's a little dark, but it's got really good grooves and just really a cool hip soundtrack that uh, just got ignored. And yeah. it's, that's one of those things that it's a personal pick more so than needs to be in the conversation. But I really like it and I would encourage people yeah, to check it out. Tarantino, good at music. Whatever you think really about it, you know, even the uh, you know um, the other soundtrack has I like a lot is the Kill Bill soundtrack. It's really yeah, good. it's good. Um, it just didn't make Melissa like Death Proof a touch better. Yeah, uh, but I check if if anybody hasn't heard it, you know, check it out. It's got some good stuff on it. Yeah. Okay, so your fourteen was Death Proof. My fourteen uh, is uh, boy, like the next few are so in the weeds and don't belong on a list. <laughs> uh, my, my number fourteen, which I love is uh, the soundtrack to the movie American Splendor, which I, you don't have to tell me is not on your list. <laughs> it's not. I've never heard the soundtrack, but I've seen the movie multiple times, yeah. so I know the theme song. American Splendor... Or the uh, title song, I guess you You know so. what? Not on the on the soundtrack. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, well, I think it's uh, uh, Aiden Mershke wrote it, who listeners to last week's show will know that I know Aiden. Uh, I think it was a copyright thing. He already had it on one of his albums. Mm. So I think it was just a thing that he was like, no, I want to sell my own album. Yeah, is my right. guess. I haven't talked to him about it. But uh, yeah, the, the the title track is not on the soundtrack. Uh, the American Splendor, for those who don't know what American Splendor is, it's the movie that is basically the life story of comic book artist Harvey P. Carr, who wrote the comic book American Splendor, which was just sort of telling his life story. Uh, very kind of at least at the time, very underground, very kind of, uh, 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 I don't want to say anarchic, but kind of uh, it, just a very indie type vibe to it. Uh, they made a movie of his life, and Paul Giamatti was in it, and they, it, I, I love that movie. And that movie is kind of how I fell in love with jazz, because there's a lot of jazz in that movie, and there's a lot of jazz on the soundtrack. You've got some uh, 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 Lester Young, you've got some Dizzy Gillespie, uh, you've got actually two different versions of a song by Marvin Gaye. You've got two different versions of Ain't That Peculiar. You've got Marvin Gaye's version, and you've got another version that, uh, you know, the Marvin Gaye version is very up and happy sounding, just, Ain't that peculiar? Ain't that peculiar? Like, it could right. be a hymn. Uh, but then there's a really gritty version done by a guy called Chocolate Genius that you wouldn't recognize it the sa as the same song that is dark, that is depressing, that matches the lyrics a lot better. That uh, is very upsetting in some ways, That uh, and that actually ends the album. Uh, you've got some Coltrane on there. Really interestingly on there, you've got a couple of songs by R. Crumb uh, and his band. People forget that R. Crumb had a band. Uh, you've got a couple songs by him on there, and that's uh, you're not going to find that anywhere. And it's on the American Splendor soundtrack. Uh, it... it American Splendor was my foot in the door on jazz, which is only kind of true, I guess. I already liked Dave Brubeck, and I kind of knew who Miles Davis was. But American Splendor encouraged me to go deeper with jazz, and is uh, the the playlist is actually a pretty good introduction. You were just saying you don't know much about jazz. Uh, maybe pick that up. Okay. It's, it's a, a pretty good intro. Plus, you get a couple of weird R. Crumb songs to boot. Because uh, everything R. Crumb did was weird. Well, sure, I'd be interested so, yeah. in that. I'm a, he was he was I'm the fan. he was the jazz Captain Beefheart, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it's uh, it, it's an interesting listen. 
Uh, and again, it's a, a pretty cohesive listen. You listen to it and nothing jumps out as like, well, that's, that's an odd pull. You know, it, it kind of fits together as an album. So uh, that's not going to be on your list. It's not going to be on anyone else in the world's list, except maybe somebody who worked on the movie. James Urbaniak may love it. There you go. Uh, but uh, uh, I, uh, American Splendor is my number 14. I don't know if you have a thing to say about that. You've spent the last couple of minutes while I've been talking staring at your phone. Yeah, I'm just looking up <laughs> some other stuff. Um, I really don't. I know that the music to it worked really well in the movie. <laughs> but um, outside of that song that we said isn't on the soundtrack, I just don't know much about it. Yeah. Uh, but the our puzzling Crumb, thing is that... Crumb was a big jazz guy in yeah. real life, so yeah. it makes sense. He even talk about his 78s collection in there. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, I get it, but I'd like to hear song. the R. Crumb stuff. Yeah, it's cool. The puzzling thing about that song not being on the soundtrack is if you buy the DVD, there's actually a section where they specifically highlight that song and you can play it on the DVD. That's nice. So I don't, I don't nice know. Like, I should pull Aiden aside and talk to him. And, uh, well, pull him aside. He lives in New York. We don't, we've never been in the same room together. I'm only reasonably sure I'm pronouncing Aiden correctly. But uh, I, I should ask him just, hey, if what's he the deal with this, that? He'll you tell know? you. Yeah, well, we'll see. But uh, I, he's a good cat. He might. But uh, he, uh, yeah, I, I, I would like to know the answer to that because that, that song is great and should have been on the song list in a lot of ways. But uh, I'm sure that there were reasons. Um, but yeah, my, my 14 was, was uh, uh, American Splendor, and I am fascinated to hear your 13. Okay, so... Because um, it's got to be better than mine. <laughs> well, I'm already giggling because um, I might... I, I don't know, you're going to go, yeah, totally, or I'm going to have to make a case for it. Okay. But, um, and this is, again, a very... These are all... Most of these are pretty common moves from here on out. There's just a few oddballs in here. Sure. Um, Animal House. Uh, say more, but I don't disagree. Okay, so the reason I have Animal House on here, there are a handful of movies that have 50s soundtracks sure. that weren't from the 50s. Most of those are out there, but you can't find them. Sure. I mean, you know. So, I, I, will, I will say up front that the second you said it, I immediately started singing in my head, Animal House. Okay. House, house. So, <laughs> right. That's the Simpsons version. Yeah. So they have the favorite college theme, and everybody, that's what you're doing there, I think. Yeah. Um, so that's on there, and that's on people know. Um, but a lot of the other 50s soundtracks that I thought about, like Big Jill, for example, oh, or, or, wow, Amer or American Graffiti, yeah, were great records. But Animal House, the movie has lasted longer than either of those other two, except for maybe Big Jill. Um, well, maybe Graffiti. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just you don't hear... first film, man. I know, but you don't hear about it as much as you do Animal yeah, House, I think, is... Uh, penetrated the public concert well, conscious yeah, more, yeah, yeah. even though now yeah, it's that's highly problem problematic. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but the soundtrack here, um, it's got versions of songs that people know almost exclusively because of the movie. Yeah. I mean, you've got Otis Day in the Night's version yeah. of Shout. Yeah. That's the... That's the version the of The version. That is the yeah. version that everybody knows. Um, and then they're doing Shamal and Ding Dong, which is a oh, yeah. great song. Um, doing that. And it's got John Belushi's vocals on some of these songs, too, in the album. Does it on the soundtrack? Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, he's him singing uh, Money, you know, sort of <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, you know, and so it's a mix of 50s stuff and goofy stuff they did for the movie. But I think there are, it's iconic enough that I think it belongs in the conversation. 
Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, I, I'm unfamiliar with the soundtrack other than just remembering the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's well, that's uh, what I was pulling up, but you know, no, that's that, fair. But you know, there's some other things like like uh, Hey Paula by you know Paul and Paula. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, you gave some pretty good highlights there. That yeah, you know, some other things, lots of dances in it. You know, yeah. so Lou, uh, there's. Belushi's version of Louie Louie that they do at the party is on there. Okay, I was I would hope it would be. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so I think it's uh, not only a collection of some hit songs, but a fun way to do it and ties into the movie quite well. So, fair enough. Uh, I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, you we'll you know we'll see what happens if yeah, if we'll we can somehow make a, a, a final list, but we'll we'll see what happens. But, sure. Uh, yeah, that that's that's it wouldn't have occurred to me, but I I, I like your reasoning. Uh, my uh, 13, was it? 13, mm-hmm. is uh, kind of a weird pull. Uh, again, my next few are just odd. Okay. Uh, the soundtrack to SLC Punk. Good call. Okay. I didn't even, th- I didn't think about it, but it's a good call. Thank you. Uh, it's uh, a pretty decent punk primer uh, to really kind of a specific era of punk. Uh, you've get, you've got uh, the song "Sex and Violence." You've got "I Love Living in the City." You've got "1969." You've got "Cretan Hop" is on there. Uh, "Rock and Roll" by the Velvet Underground is on there. The Velvet Underground often gets overlooked for their contribution to punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's missing the Sex Pistols. It's missing things like Black Flag. Some of that was in the movie, but uh, it's a pretty good punk playlist. If you if someone came to you and said, "Hey, I want to get into punk, and I don't know where to start." Well, this is a little bit safe, you know. This is kind of a safe introduction. Here yeah. you go. Uh, also, I just there are a couple of songs uh, that I hear those songs and I think of SLC Punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not the. Uh, it's one of those movies that either is or is not known. You know, <laughs> depending on who you're talking to. Right. Uh, it, there's actually uh, uh, listeners to the show will know I recently rewatched all of How I Met Your Mother. And uh, I watched some of the bonus footage on some of the DVDs. The guy that plays Marshall on that show was in SLC Punk. And in one of the Comic-Con appearances, somebody walked up to the mic and said, uh, Hey, I have a question for uh, Jason Siegel. Uh, you were in SLC Punk, and a couple people applauded. And the guy says, Wow, I'm, I'm amazed that more than six people saw that movie. And Jason Siegel says, Yeah, thanks! You know, <laughs> but he, you yeah. know, just kind of, you, that's, that's sort of a fair thing to say as a fan of that movie. Someone else has seen that movie and you, and you go, oh, we should have a conversation later. Right. It's one of those movies. And there's a few of those movies on my list and several more in the honorable mentions. But uh, SLC Punk, I thought was a, again, kind of a safe introduction to punk, but mm-hmm. that's really how you want to start somebody out is start them out safe. You don't want to sure. immediately, you know, hand them a uh, Darby Crash, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, you want to wait on that as long as possible. Yeah. See, yeah. I was trying to think of a good punk. Uh, I was trying to think of GGLN, by the way. And uh, <laughs> Well, that you don't really ever need to get to. Unless no, you really... don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, I was trying to think of a good punk one and everything I thought of. And for whatever reason, SLC Punk just didn't pop into my head yeah that's um, just one of my favorite everyone i thought of, of was either had too much other stuff on it yeah. or had one or two songs the rest of them kind of weren't all that great or it was too documentary sure. and you know um yeah so there's it was a handful that i thought of but also say punk just completely 
uh, flew out of my head for whatever. So well, good. it flew into mine and it landed at thirteen. There you go. So uh, what's uh, what's your twelve? Ah, gosh, this is the one that I had. Two of them that I couldn't decide which one to do. Yeah, you've been doing some scribbling as we've been. One of the see, because one of these two is going to be on your list. Okay. I don't know which one. Maybe it may be best if we match. <laughs> Maybe both, but one of the two is going to be. So I was going to try and pick the other one. Okay. But I have no idea what what, what that'll be. Um, <laughs> so it's a toss up. You gotta pick one. I know. Um, do it. Do it now. Pick one right now. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm trying to figure if I should do the better soundtrack or the one that's more important to the if you movie. Flipped a coin. Which side would disappoint you? <laughs> Both. Okay. <laughs> um, flipped a rhombus. I'm gonna go <laughs> with that thing you do. Okay, that is on my list. Okay, good. We matched. Um, and I have to say. It's not necessarily... A lot of the songs are not necessarily the greatest. Sure. But the fact that they wrote them all for the movie yeah. and they made them sound era-appropriate yeah. and you wouldn't know... Yeah. Um, it's, by the way, important, made that to, call. important to say that that does not violate our rules. These were songs no. written for the movie, but it is not score. It's not score and it's not a musical it's because a musical, it's about... Right fictitious bands yeah the songs so are that... the songs are in some ways critical to the plot but oh, they sure. don't tell the story right yeah. um so it is uh yeah it's i think it belongs on and i'm kind of sorry to see how the one go but that's okay okay um, well uh, i mean you can say the other one if it's not gonna uh, might be on your list so oh that's true okay out. we'll we'll circle back around to that when we're at the end maybe but uh, yeah, that thing you do is on my list too. I love those songs. Uh, we've, I mean, we covered the title track in a band we were in together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, um, you know, and there's other songs on there that I like. Oh yeah, quite a bit. But yeah, I, um, I as a as a whole, I don't listen to the whole thing very often. I walk around singing songs from that that only someone as obsessed with that movie as I am could possibly know. Fair. Like I walk around singing Mr. Downtown. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> and singing I have, Loving You Lots and Lots. That get, pops on my head <laughs> yeah. at weird times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I genuinely, uh, like I one day absentmindedly at, at work just went, darkness falls and the night's begun. And someone's like, are you singing Mr. Downtown? <laughs> I was like, yes, you and I are friends now. <laughs> so yeah, cool. I, I, I love that movie. I love the songs from it. It's, a genuinely great song list. It's a genuinely great soundtrack. I agree with you completely. Cool. Do you have more to say? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, a lot of Tom Hanks popping up so far in the first five. Uh, it's going to happen. Yeah. He was He's in a lot in of everything. Uh, my number 12, we don't have to say anything more about because it's uh, Life Aquatic. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was borderline just because I, I felt like it's a lot of Bowie. I don't know if that disqualifies it or not. But uh, No, because but, Bowie is on it and uh, the... The uh, the gentleman singing... Gentleman and, singing yeah. the Portuguese versions <laughs> yeah. is on it too. Yeah, and, so, and also it's more diverse than just Bowie. So it, it found its way to number 12 for me. Yeah. I almost wanted it to be higher. But we can move right on right There's on a lot of 11. these that I want to be higher. And yeah, I kinda, yeah, I want everything to be higher. I'm starting almost, to wish I'd put all the stuff you're going to see coming down lower. That's fine. But anyway... A lot of what you're going to see coming up higher on mine. But, yeah, uh, okay. Well, uh, so we might match more than we think. We can move right to your number All 11. All right, number 11. I don't necessarily recommend the movie, but <laughs> the soundtrack to Heavy Metal. Okay, I toyed with that, and it mm -hmm. didn't make it for me, but I'm glad it's on your list. Yeah. So the thing about the soundtrack there 
is it's just the weirdest yeah. soundtrack. Um, is that when it was made, I mean, it's, it's a soundtrack to an animated movie and very yeah. little of it has anything to do with the movie at all. Yeah. But they do use a lot of the songs to pretty decent effect in the film. Yeah. Which is... Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, so, it's, it's a soundtrack that highlights how much the definition of what is heavy metal shifted. Well, and heavy metal at that point, this is 1983, yeah. 84. Yeah. So heavy metal at that point really was just beginning to come into his own as a genre. Yep. Um, and we're just trying, beginning to figure out what was and was not heavy metal. Yep. I mean, Sammy um, Hagar's on that soundtrack. Sammy Hagar's with this, with the, with the <laughs> with title, the title track. Yeah. And it's one of the heaviest things he's yeah. ever done. Yeah. And but it's still confusing. Metal you... <laughs> guys, metal guys like that song. Though. Yeah. So here's the, well, from my, from my era. Yeah. 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 Um, but here's the thing though, is that heavy metal at one point was used almost exclusively to mean, uh, uh, motorcycles cars yeah that because i was used uh in that terminology and it just slowly shifted yeah, and just loud fast guitars mm-hmm. into something yeah, yeah it's it's just shifted into something else but the soundtrack excuse me the soundtrack if, does not I, i'm sorry i'm just gonna say if van if van halen had not coined the term atomic punk they may have been considered heavy metal until about like 87 yeah that's true too um and some people would argue that some other stuff was i don't know um, but the thing about the soundtrack is it also has stuff that is not um, metal in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, true. Uh, Donald Fagan is on it. Yeah. There's some Cheap Trick on there, isn't there? There's two Cheap Trick songs yeah. on her. Um, one's very weird, and one is <laughs> um, kind of one that I wish would have been on one of their regular records. Sure. Um, but, like, Stevie Nicks is on it. You should maybe tell people what those songs are, because okay. I know what you're talking so, about. So, <laughs> um, Cheap Trick have two songs on it. One is called Reach Out, which yeah. is... A very anthemic song uh, could have been on a number of their records. Yeah. Uh, 80s Cheap Trick is very weird. Yeah. Early 80s. Yeah. Because towards the end of the 80s, it began having hits again because yeah. the record company made them work with outside writers and everything else. Right. Um, but 80s Cheap Trick, I have a special place in my heart for it because it's just bizarre. It's confusing. And there's <laughs> really good songs in there, but it's also weird. Yeah. Um, and They show uh, up on a lot of soundtracks. They do, too. Yeah. Um, so Cheap Trick did a lot of soundtrack stuff in the 80s, and I think they just said, we don't know what to do with the song. Here, have it. Yeah. And uh, some of them I wish they would have done more with. Reach Out is good. There's another song on there called You Must Be Dreaming. Yeah. Which is not a fantastic song. Correct. But it's got a weird <laughs> intro, and it's got um, different parts of the song that don't match up with one another at all. Very bizarre and very weird. Yeah. Um, so the cool thing about the heavy metal soundtrack is that there's a lot of stuff like that on there. So there's name bands that you know, like Nazareth, for example, Blue Oyster Cult, yeah, yeah. doing so, both doing songs that aren't necessarily what you'd expect to hear from them. Right. Uh, Veterans of the Psychic Wars is a Blue Oyster Cult song that's very keyboard heavy that um, I really like, but it you know doesn't sound like Godzilla or Don't Fear the Reaper or anything <laughs> like that. Right. You know. Um, uh, the Nazra song, Crazy, A Suitable Case for Treatment, very yeah. progressive for them. Yeah. Um, which is, And Nazareth is known as more of a just kind of like ACDC-ish type stuff. Yep. And uh, it's not. Uh, there's a band on there that I still don't know who they are called Riggs. Still don't know who they are. No idea. Um, probably a Canadian thing they were trying to get over and it just didn't work. Yeah. Uh, maybe it did in Canada. I don't know. Couldn't um, They're on there. Um, there's a Journey Ballad is on it. 
Uh, Open Arms is on it. Yeah. Don Felder does a song on it. Yeah. But it's Taking a Ride, Heavy Metal. Right. Taking a Ride on Heavy Metal. So it's back to the car thing. Um, There's a lot of times B-sides make it onto uh, soundtrack albums. Either B-sides or songs that they don't know what to do with or um, they were contacted and said, we need you to put a song in this movie and they just write something on the spot. And that's when, to me, soundtracks get interesting. Yeah. Because you get to see different sides of these artists that you know that you may not be so familiar with. True. Um, and you just get a whole new thing. So Heavy Metal, the soundtrack album, is kind of a trip. It's a little bit weird to listen to. And if you're expecting a big, huge, you know, metal, early metal soundtrack, you're going to be a little bit disappointed. But if you have an open mind and are able to listen and put yourself in the time and are willing to hear some different stuff, it's it's a fun listen. And it's important to guys my age because... We were all figuring out what heavy metal was together, and yeah. we're all figuring out our place and rocked them together. Yeah. Um, and also, I will say, it does have my favorite Black Sabbath song on it, which is Mob Rules. Oh, yeah. Mob and that's Rules my is favorite. Uh, Ozzy, Dio, whoever. Yeah. That's my favorite Black Sabbath song. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people that don't like me now. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's got that on it. Um, and also, I don't know if this is true all across the board or not. This is just a side note. I had the double album. Okay. Years ago, and I bought it not knowing anything, not yeah. knowing anything about the movie. My copy, and maybe it just was one weird run, didn't have the sides labeled like side A, B, oh, one, two, three. Didn't have any of that, at least not that I remember. So I would listen to it in whatever order. Huh. I just kind of listened to it, huh. and um, when I got the CD version. It was never an order I ever thought of. And so I'm looking at it going, is that supposed... That's not right for the movie, I know. Yeah. That the movie was in a different order some of these songs. Yeah, this is yeah. the official? I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> so, and now maybe I just got a... There was a weird run done, like the second or third run was just printed wrong or something. I don't know. Hmm. Um, I don't want to know enough to look into it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of bizarre. But... Uh, yeah, you know, that's a personal pick, because that was an important one for me. That's a really good pull. Uh, it's, like I said, not on my list, but I did toy with it, I'm, and I'm glad it's on yours. Um, my number 11, mm-hmm. I'm not happy with it. <laughs> I'm not happy about it. I don't like what it says about me. Uh, I'm embarrassed a little bit, mm-hmm. but I'm going to stand by it. Okay. I'm going to fight for it. Okay. I want this in the final list. Okay. Soundtrack to Wayne's World. I thought about that, too. Did you? Yes. Okay, good. That um, that bodes well. It did not make my list, but I get everything that you're about to say. Uh, <laughs> what I'm going to say is Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. Hot and Bothered, Rock Candy, Dreamweaver, uh, Sika Mika Nico, mm-hmm. Time Machine, The Wayne's World Theme, Ballroom Blitz, Foxy Lady, Feed My Frankenstein, Ride With Yourself, Lovin' Your Lovin', and Why You Want to Break My Heart. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. No. Um, it's a great list. Great list. Some of it's sung by Tia Carrere. Carrari? Carrere? Carrere, Carrere. Okay, I'm not, sorry. I'm not sure either. Only ever seen it in print. Sorry. Yeah, it's another uh, one. That, yeah, a lot of know. it's sung by her, mm-hmm. but uh, great versions. Yeah, some songs. different versions of stuff. I will tell you this. I, uh, this movie came out in the 90s. I was starting to play bass in the 90s, and seeing her up there playing the bass, and it like sounded cool, and she looked cool, and it was fun. I was like, yeah, I'm playing the right instrument. And uh, so there's that level. Uh, but also, that's just a really great song list. Uh, it is, and it meets the it meets the qualification of needing like the 
identifiable song for the movie, Bohemian sure. Rhapsody. You kidding me? Mm-hmm. That song saw the saw the top of the charts again because of that movie. Oh yeah, in the nineties. Yeah. I don't know why I'm yelling at you. I don't either because <laughs> you're, you're not disagreeing. No. <laughs> the thing about Wayne's World is the interesting thing about that to me is that came out right at the tail end of the nineties or the eighties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Early nineties. Yeah. I don't know what year it was. Ninety two. Maybe like ninety one, ninety two, something like that. So yeah. and grunge hadn't quite taken over yet right. um yeah this was but Nirvana. the the uh but the alternative music thing was growing in popularity yes and a lot of people were laughing at the characters and were laughing at the music even though it was great at the time right so it's one of those things that's a very interesting place to be in uh musically and for what was happening so i don't disagree with that um, it didn't make my list. Again, I thought about it at one point and I think I just forgot to write it down. Um, cause I had, I would put stuff into my phone as I thought of it. And for whatever reason I didn't, but I actually had that soundtrack on cassette. I never okay. really, I never rebought. I don't think, but we did used to drive around listening to that. Yeah. My friends and I would drive around listening to that and yeah. recreating the Bohemian Rhapsody scene, which was dumb. Who didn't? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that was, so yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Okay, good. I was uh, worried about that one. Like, as I was writing the list, every draft I did of it, I went, can I really put Wayne's World on there? (laughs) And then I did. And it's iconic. That's another thing, is that it's an iconic soundtrack. So even if it's maybe not... Alexis, some of the things on here, I don't necessarily like them all that much, but it's iconic and they deserve to be on the list, damn it. So that's why they're there. (laughs) Agreed. Uh, Okay, I don't know if I expected pushback on that, but I'm glad that there was none. Uh, what is your number 10? We're getting serious. Okay. Top Num- 10 now. Yeah, so number 10 is one that, again, I think deserves to be on there. It's the soundtrack to Easy Rider. Say more, because that is not on my radar. The reason I think it belongs is because, from everything I can tell, it kick-started soundtracks as we knew them for the next 20 years. Okay. So it was, uh, when they made the soundtrack... Um, Hopper did it um, along with uh, Nicholson and the other guys. Um, Fonda, I, was tr- I couldn't remember his name. Um, so the actors mm-hmm. made the sound, put the soundtrack together themselves. Really, of songs from the time. So Hendrix is on really? it, and bunch of yeah. So they picked songs from the era to go along with the scenes in Easy Rider, and so it was kind of a hits thing to agree, or classic songs. But they did songs, or the classics now, I guess. But it was songs from their era they used to uh, to great effect in the movie, although most of the scenes of violence in the movie are not soundtracked, which is cool. Sure. But um, before Easy Rider, if you wanted a hits soundtrack, the closest I can find, other than stuff like, you know, Rock All Night, Alan Freed Presents, you know, yeah, those yeah, yeah. kid movies and the Beatles stuff. Right. Outside of the Beatles stuff, which again doesn't count for this series. Right. Or this uh, podcast. Right. The closest thing I can find is very similar, but it's The Graduate, which has all the oh, yeah. Simon and Garfunkel yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. but half of it is orchestrated stuff. Yeah, it's not a full soundtrack. True, yeah. And the last song on the original version of Easier Writer, uh, they've re-released it now with another whole disc of stuff. Sure. The last song is one called The Ballad of Easier Writer. So yeah, all yeah, he yeah. wanted was freedom, you know? Yeah, yeah um, I know that song. So I think it's important in that it kind of set the tone for the way that Hollywood looked at movie soundtracking mm. and the way that things... And it had a big influence on the way things came to be later, even though maybe 
not directly, it indirectly pushed it that way. That's really interesting. Uh, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, see, uh, I, I took this way too seriously. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that wouldn't have been on my radar, like, at all. I've seen Easy Rider. It's been, I mean, years and years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, like, I, I couldn't name a song off the soundtrack, probably. But uh, that's really interesting information, and that's... I mean, when we get around to trying to make a final list, uh, assuming we do that this episode, that's definitely one you should argue Here, let for. Let me give you the uh, the list real quick. Okay. Uh, the Pusher starts it off. Oh, Steppenwolf. Yes, yeah, Born to be wild, obviously. Yeah. Um, there's a version of The Weight, not by the band, for copyright reasons, but Smith, who did that Baby It's You on uh, Death Proof. Interesting. Uh, wasn't Born to Follow by The Birds. Uh, if You Want to Be a Bird by The Holy Modal Rounders, which I don't remember that one. Um, I'd have to go back and listen yeah, to it. Yeah, no idea. Uh, don't Bogart Me, Fraternity of Man. That's very... Okay. But anyway, if Six Was Nine is on there, oh. um, Hendrix, uh, The Electric Prunes are on there. Okay. Um, uh, Roger McGowan, It's All Right, Ma, I'm Only Bleeding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Battle of Re- Easy Rider. So there's... It's only like 10 songs. It's not very long. Right. But... That's a um, good list, though. That's a solid. A good list and a very good snapshot yeah. of the time. So, yeah, it's real solid. Um, and that's what I like about a lot of these soundtracks that I have on here is the... Uh, capturing the sna- the times that they're talking about. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, my number 10 is a complete departure from that. Okay. Uh, but I'm actually, like, my 10 to 1, I'm proud of everyone that's on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm out of the embarrassing section. Uh, but, I mean, there's maybe room to argue on, on some of them. But... Oh, I'm embarrassed by a few of them, but, but of mine, but continue. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number 10, uh, I... I when I imagined doing this episode, I was going to go kind of a recent movie, but then I realized, no, this is uh, almost 20 years old. Uh, School of Rock. Another one I thought about. Yeah, it's on my list. The Jack Black classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, School of Rock, Jack Black posing as a substitute teacher, teaching kids how to rock. Uh, that's that's the whole movie. Uh, really cool song list. You've got some Zeppelin in there. You've got a little bit of stuff written for the movie. The title track is written for the movie. The Who's in there. Uh, you got Sunshine of Your Love is in there. Despite my feelings on Clapton, that's a great song. Uh, Edge of Seventeen is in there. Bonzo Goes to Bitburg is in there. I forgot about that, yeah. By the way, first time my cats ever heard the Ramones, I was watching that movie, getting ready for that, getting ready for this, and I was watching that movie, and Bonzo Goes to Bitburg comes on. My cats looked up and ran to their room and hid. And I was like, that's the correct response, but you're gonna love it. (laughs) (laughs) In time, you're gonna, you're gonna love it. It's gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna turn on that, and, and, yeah. But uh, that's a correct response the first time you hear the Ramones. Mm. Uh, just a really good playlist. And interesting because... There's some uh, Black Key stuff on there too, isn't it? I believe so, yeah, yeah. actually. Uh, they might do some covers, I think. I think, I think you're right. Uh, interesting in that at that time it included the Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. And at that time Zeppelin was not letting people use their music in movies. Mm-hmm. On the DVD or Blu-ray, whichever is your preference... There's actually footage of Jack Black pleading to Led Zeppelin and asking them, Zeppelin, you gotta let us use the Immigrant Song. This is a movie about rock, and you're the gods of rock. You've gotta let us use this <laughs> song, man. And like he's, he's just begging the surviving members of Zeppelin to let him use the Immigrant Song, and it worked. 
and they let him use the immigrant song. Uh, not a thing that Zeppelin did a lot at the time. They yeah. every now and again, very sparingly, would let one of their songs enter the the realm of movies, mm-hmm. and uh, it's in School of Rock. So interesting for that, if nothing else. Yeah. But I just think it's a really solid playlist, and it's a good introduction to rock. And uh, I'll tell you this: if you need an education in rock and roll history you could do a whole lot worse than to study the chart that jack black draws on the on the blackboard right uh he's missing the velvet underground but otherwise he nails it mm-hmm. uh, and i say he as though jack black did that the, the the writers or the the set set crew or whatever uh but i it's a surprisingly fun movie uh for a guy like me who thinks that stuff like that is you know cheesy and dumb I still like that movie. I've got a copy of it, you know, and a part of the reason for that is the soundtrack. It's a lot of yeah. fun and a pretty good primer on rock and roll. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Uh, it's a fun soundtrack. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Yeah, that's where I am on uh, my number 10 is okay. School of Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are prepared now for your number nine. Okay, number nine should be higher. Okay. And I'm sorry that it isn't. It's probably higher on your list. Okay. As I'm pretty sure it's on there. Um, but um, I put it here because of uh, because of the iconicness of some you're of the you're killing stuff. me by not saying it <laughs> a mighty wind a mighty wind that is higher on my list and, and it should be higher on mine okay um i don't know how much you have to say about <laughs> a mighty wind you know what i mean you you, um, you have to say a little for people who haven't seen it. okay it's so a, mighty wind is uh it's a christopher guest film yeah it's it's spinal tap but folk music right which should you know it's christopher guest should make you can kind of know what it is at that point yeah, because they're all kind of the same, just different characters with the exact same plot points. Yes. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's a parody of folk music. Folk. Um, the only thing about uh, Mighty Wind is that the songs in Mighty Wind, some of them are actually a little bit too good. Yeah. For parody. Yeah. <laughs> thing they're a little bit too straight. Yeah. Um, I agree. And some of them are very funny, uh, but you can sit there and just listen to that and just be happy for yeah. an hour. Uh, there's a kiss at the end of the rainbow is heartbreaking. It's a beautiful song. It's not funny at all. Yeah, it was nominated for an Academy Award. Too. Yeah, and it, in my mind, it should have won. It's a beautiful song. It's I just I I love that song. I think it's been stuck in my head since the first time I saw the movie in theaters with you. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, great songs. You know, you can't. I mean, very well performed, and the actors actually performed with the songs. Yeah. So, um, it's the movie I reached for really, when Fred Willard died. Yeah. I watched yeah, that. Yeah, I watched that at that point, too, yeah. and uh, made uh, the, the girl sit down and watch it with me. Yeah, I remember, so. uh, didn't you say one of the kids, uh, he came on screen and said, oh, that's him. Yeah, oh, that. Oh, him. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly yeah. what she said, yeah. So, um, yeah, so, you know, really funny movie, perhaps not his best movie, but really funny. One of his, one of my favorites. Yeah. And just a really good song. It's good, to, you know, it stands with other folk music. I agree. So there you go. It's uh, my I have uh, notes next to every one that I I, I chose here, and uh, the notes that I wrote down for a mighty wind were, "Come on, right?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can't, yeah, it just belongs. Um, like on I the say, list. from a personal viewpoint, it should be much higher on my list. Sure, but um, I tried to put the iconic stuff up top. So there you that's go. fair enough. Uh, so that was your number nine, nine. It's a mighty wind. So my number nine, uh, I feel good about this one, and mm-hmm. I almost feel like this should be higher. Uh, it's the movie that became the standard for bar bands for their set list for the next 20, 25 years, The Commitments. Oh! I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. 
The Commitments. Uh, yeah, uh, no, that movie, totally deserves it. A movie basically about just getting a band together and, mm -hmm. you know, becoming a good band. In Scotland, In right? In Scotland, yeah. I mm -hmm. believe Scotland. That seems right. Uh, it's been a little bit since I've actually seen it. I but think it's Scotland. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's at least the UK. Or right. what was the UK at the time, I guess. Uh just a, a, a fun movie, a, a, a kind of bananas, fun, silly movie that also has some good drama to it. But, uh, I mean, the, the set list, again, every bar band that has existed since that movie came out plays the set list from that movie. Sure. Mustang Sally, Take Me to the River, Chain of Fools, Dark End of the Street, Destination Anywhere, I Can't Stand, uh, I Can't uh, Stop, uh, Stand, Sorry, I Can't Stand the Rain. Try a little tenderness. Try a little tenderness. That might be my favorite version of Try a little ten tenderness. It's really good. Is the commitments it's really version. Uh, Treat her right is on there. I, I mean, look, I can go on. They actually released a commitments too eventually, but like, I mean, the the version of in the midnight hour on there is is great. It's just it, it, again, it became the playlist for if you are a bar band, you have to play the commitments soundtrack but pretend that you've never seen the movie and you came up with the, with the list yourself. Right. Uh, it's one of those... Like, every bar band... Like, if you're promoting your bar band to a bar owner and you go in and say, you know, hey, I'd like to play here, and they say, well, what kind of songs that you play? You just say, the same as everybody else. And it's the Commitments <laughs> songs. It's the songs from the Commitments. Yeah, the, like, just... You could put that on the jukebox in a bar and it would be the same thing as having the band there. It's uh, just, to me, just a very iconic uh, playlist of songs that, uh, as I said, it just defined what being in a bar and listening to a band is like. The Commitments is my number nine. I don't have a lot else to add to that. Uh, Cole Meany was great in it. <laughs> Cole Meany yeah. is great in everything. <laughs> yeah, but, it was a very good movie, um, great soundtrack. I have no idea how that slipped by me. No clue. Okay. Well, fair enough. All right. Uh, it was my number nine. What's uh, what's your number eight? Well, somebody had to get to it at some point. Okay. Eddie and the Cruisers. Uh, you know what? Uh, I. <laughs> it's not on my list. It came so close. Yeah. But I I imagined a moment where I would turn to you during this and say, okay, my number whatever is Eddie and the Cruisers 2. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just imagined that. Because weirdly, as a kid, I saw Eddie and the Cruisers 2 first. And like that's the one that is in my heart for some reason. It's not good. No, but I but I like it. Um, but no, Eddie and the Cruisers. Yeah, it was almost on my list, and it belongs on the list. But uh, keep talking for the folks at yeah. home. So, um, so Eddie and the Cruisers. Uh, for those who may not know, it's again about a fictitious, a fictitious band yeah. from the fifties. Um, but it has songs that you know if you haven't heard it. Mm -hmm. Songs that were hits, like On the Dark Side. On the Dark Side. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, Wild Summer Nights. Is yeah. Wild Summer Nights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's um, a good song. We can't sing too much, I know. Yeah. But No, um, we, we absolutely can. I was just making fun of you. Well, no, I mean, um, if it was on YouTube, we couldn't. Um, yeah, no, if it was on YouTube, we couldn't. So, uh, Tender Years. Oh. And then there's Eddie and the Cruisers covering songs. Those were original Eddie and Cruisers songs. Yeah. There's they're covering songs from um the time too. There's a version of Run Around Sue on there. Yeah. Um Hang Up My Rock and Roll Shoes is one that I not sure who did that originally, but I don't um, know either. Uh Betty Lou's got a new pair of shoes is on there. Yeah. Uh, Oldies but goodies is on there. Sure. And there's one called Season in Hell, which is what um made people freak out at about the band. Yeah. In the movie, yeah, um, done by a real band called 
John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. Yeah. Now, the Beaver Brown Band, I think, existed before John Cafferty, but I'm not sure. Probably, yeah. I don't sure know either. specifically. Yeah. Um, and they had a small career in the 80s based around that movie. They yeah. did Ed Cruisers 2, and I think that still. kind of killed it yeah. from a national perspective, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're out there touring I, and I'm doing I'm sure stuff. they're doing something. And yeah. they were a great band, you know, doing that type of stuff. I mean, it's kind of an 80s version of 50s stuff. So it's a modern sensibility applied to those types of songs with the saxophones and everything, but it works and it sounds fine in context and it's a good soundtrack. I listened to it not too long ago and was um, quite surprised by how much I liked it. I thought I might yeah. put it down in the lower part if it made the list at all. And I was like, no, this is actually really good. This yeah. needs to go up yeah. there. Um, it's so, a little bit yeah. like uh, listening to... a. I don't. I, I don't want to say like. It, it, it's a little bit like that meme of like, no, we have Bruce Springsteen at home, you know, <laughs> and, and the Bruce Springsteen at home is Eddie and the Cruisers. It's a little bit like yeah, that. Yeah. So it's it is kind of Bruce. It's very Bruceish. Yeah. But it sounds like um, Bruce if he were in the fifties. Yeah. You know. So yeah, and I'm yeah. kind of surprised. Yeah, I guess it is set in the fifties, isn't? It? Um. Well, fifties, early sixties. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably early 60s. I'm probably yeah. making it a little bit earlier than it is. Probably it's the yeah, been early 60s, it. like 63, yeah. 62, yeah, somewhere like just just before the hippies showed up, you know. That's probably about um, right. Because uh, feels about 64, right. 64, maybe yeah. somewhere in that area. Um, but yeah, so, you know, um, the, the movie, I haven't seen the movie for years. I don't, I don't know if the movie holds up or not. But the songs do. Yeah, the last time I saw it, I was sick with a fever, and I have weird memories of that. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, I, it, like I said, it was so close to being on my list, and I moved it on and off and on and off. And, uh, yeah, I kind of regret that it's not on there, because I agree with everything you said. Perfect. So, yeah, that's that's a good pull. Your number eight's Eddie and the Cruisers. Mm-hmm. Uh, one. One. Uh, <laughs> my number eight is one that uh, is something of an art house film. Okay. But I felt like it would be disingenuous if I didn't say it, and I think it's one that people who know it are going to be happy to hear it. Uh, my number eight is Magnolia, the soundtrack to Magnolia. I'm not familiar enough to just have an opinion. Uh, it's a lot of Amy Mann and Supertramp, mostly. <laughs> that sounds like you. Yeah. There's a little bit of score in there, but it's largely... I mean, Amy Mann has the bulk of the heavy lifting on it, and there's some super tramp that gets stuck on there, like Goodbye Stranger shows up. And, nice. Uh, but like, if you're in any way an Amy Mann fan, which uh, you kind of aren't, but, uh, well, you don't hate her, but you're not... I don't dislike Amy Mann in by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's just... I like a little bit. I like most of what I've heard, but it's just kind of not my cup of tea. Yeah. I got nothing against it. Yeah, but I love or her. Or her. Uh, yeah, I, I love her. And uh, several of her songs are in here. Probably best known for Deathly, Wise Up, and Save Me. Those are the ones that, when she introduces them, she says this is from, from the Magnolia soundtrack. Uh, Magnolia, very weird movie that if I said anything about it, it's going to spoil it for you at, at home. It's, uh, I... Just the first time I saw it, I went, oh, I I get this, and it just, it impacted me in a way that I just kind of went, oh, that's, uh, like the moment where the plot actually starts, I went, oh, that's what that would have been like, you know, is, is kind of the, the thing of it. I don't know if you've seen it or not, um, but it's... Uh, I want to say I have, but... It's, it's in many ways a biblical allegory. 
Uh, but it just, like, the moment where the plot kicks in, I just went, oh, okay, that's, uh, th- this is really cool. You know, it's just one of those movies cool. that grabs you. Yeah. And uh, the soundtrack just kind of, uh, yeah, uh, as I say from time to time, I'm kind of a gloomy guy. Uh, and Amy Mann makes that feel a lot less lonely. And uh, she did that very well in the Magnolia soundtrack. And it's just always nice to hear Supertramp pop up in something, you know? That's uh, true. Like, I, yeah, I forget how much I love Supertramp until I'm listening to Supertramp. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Supertramp is a joke until you listen to it. Yeah. And then you're like, that's actually really good. Yeah. You know, weird yeah. high vocals or no. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's odd, kind of oddball music, but it's yeah. done very well. So yeah, yeah. And can't just, complain about that. It's just a soundtrack that holds a lot of a lot of space in my heart. And it's, you know, it's not one that I'm going to fight for on like a final list or anything like that, but it's one that I thought right. belonged on mine. Okay. So my number eight was uh, Magnolia. I am now very prepared. Good. My ears and soul are prepared for your number seven. <laughs> okay, so um, from here on out, I, these are all very well-known movies. Okay. Um, but uh, my next one is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Okay, that uh, was under consideration, but didn't make it for me. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it's one of those movies that most people have seen, or at least have an idea of what it may or may not be about. <laughs> but yeah. um, another biblical allegory is if you're talking, that's all over this movie, too. Well, yeah. It's also, uh, uh, but George Clooney's in it. It's a Coen Brothers movie, so it's weird. Yeah. But the soundtrack is almost all exclusively early bluegrass. Yeah. And uh, it made bluegrass popular again for a yeah, year. Yeah, for, for a minute, yeah. Um, everybody loved it. And people, you know, Man of Constant Sorrow, and a lot of people never heard that yeah. song before. I, and they got into it, and people started listening to it again and yeah. appreciating it, whether they liked it or not. Yeah. And for that reason alone, it, yeah. it belongs in the conversation. I have the same bad memory that you do of specifically that song. And I don't even know if you remember that you have it. Uh, I, uh, when we were playing in a band called Uncle Dick, we played a show at this little horrible bar in in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and there was a guy down front who really wanted us to play Man of Constant Sorrow. But the way that he was communicating it was just every now and again, he would go, ah, ah. And every now and again you hear, Man, I got some sorrow. Man, I got some sorrow. And this was before we started playing. Like, he just wanted to hear that song so fucking bad. And he, like, asked me about it. I'm pretty sure he asked you about it. Uh, You may or may not remember that. I don't remember that at all. He is the same guy that you specifically remember for a different reason that we won't go into on this podcast. Okay, we can talk Uh, about that later. Uh, he, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Uh, okay, yeah. I I did a gesture that reminded him. Yeah, it's nothing, it's nothing vulgar, but it it is uncomfortable and not worth going into on this show. Sure. Um, it's uh, kind of funny, kind of funny, but it was, it was alarming at the time. Yeah, it's a story for a different time and a different show, but uh, just this irritating drunk guy who just like fallen down drunk before we got there, and I think we started at seven, so like this guy was just trashed yeah and just really wanted to hear that song and like my bad memory of that and and is part of why i don't like hearing that song but uh and that may be why it's not on my list and also i just i i feel a little bit like it's a it's a playlist of bluegrass for people who don't know what bluegrass is it's like and that's fair but at the same time if that's why i'm disqualifying it then slc punk doesn't belong on my list because that's 
it's an introductory. Yeah, that's fair. Listen. But I know again, it kind of meets some of my personal um, qualifications because yeah. you know that, like it or not, that song is tied to that movie now. Yes. But I just pulled up the list because I uh, the my copy of the CD that I have is MIA. I don't know what happened to it. Might have, be at Dad's place. <laughs> no, I have I have the outer the jacket. Oh, just not the CD. He's okay, gone. I have no clue. That's um, always a fun discovery. But <laughs> some of the highlights, um, you are my sunshine's on there. Yeah, most is that, most, the, is most, that the actual Carter version? That no, uh, okay. Norman Blake. Did okay, it. but it's uh, and a lot of these aren't the early people. It's newer bluegrass artists doing them for the yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, I just thought they might have gone back on that. They one did bit. not. Yeah. Um, you are my sunshine, most misunderstood song ever. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, it's a sad song, folks. It is. Know? Um, Down River to Pray, that's a good one. Um, oh, that is a good song. Keep on the Sunny song. Side. Another good song. Um, I'll Another Fly Carter Away. Song. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, In the Jailhouse Now, one of my favorite ones. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so a few, there's a few others, but, uh, you know, so really kind of just, like I said, it gave people um, music they didn't know they needed. Yeah. And I think that's it's fair. important for that. That's fair. Um, and it's really, it is a really, it is a really good movie. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's uh, a fun movie. It's good. It's oddball, but it's a good movie. I, I mean, I'm uh, sorry, everybody who's going to send me such mean emails. I'm so, so on the Coen brothers. Uh, I, uh, I, I like Inside Lewin Davis better than I like Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Hmm. Uh, and actually, Inside Lewin Davis is a weird uh, soundtrack. It was like the guy from Mumford and Sons and like Justin Timberlake. It's just an odd, <laughs> and like the guy from Punch Brothers. It's an it's 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 in a similar wheelhouse as O Brother. Uh, the that movie, I think maybe it's just that I'm not a big George Clooney guy, uh, and also by that time the Coen Brothers were doing a much better job of walking around in a mood than they were walking around in a plot. Uh, so, mm, mm. Yeah, I disagree on that yeah, one. Th but... this, is, this is a fight for another thing. Right. Uh, but, and everybody at home, I'm going to get emails. I'm going to get emails on everything I said. Well, I, I might email that. you later. Okay. Uh, I know that and I understand. Uh, I'm just, I'm not a big Cohen guy. Uh, I, uh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to pull back from saying anything more. But uh, I, yeah. I, I get what people like about that movie. It just wasn't for me, at least not right now. That's fine. There may be a time where I look back and go, what the fuck was I thinking? Well, that movie's I mean, absolutely for me. But... I mean, Coen Brothers movies are kind of hit and miss yeah. from a, for about the last 10, 15 plus years. They've yeah. been very hit and miss. But I think when the Coen Brothers are on, they're absolutely 100% on it. So. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. Like I said, I like Inside Lewin Davis a lot, which I, I'm not even That's sure one I've never seen. even, I've never yeah. seen that one. I didn't yeah. know that was a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, I, I, I like so that one go. a lot. It's it's a very folk-based movie. It's basically uh, chronicling the time right before Bob Dylan. Mm -hmm. Like Bob Dylan is sort of introduced at the end of that movie. It, you know, is is kind of is kind of the time period that it's chronicling. And I get that. And I get that time period. Inside Lewin Davis has absolutely no plot, but I like the world that it's walking around in. Uh, so that's that's kind of when the Coens well, when the well, Coens work for me, it's because they're walking around in a mood that I understand. Well, a lot of them have plot. Yeah, yeah <laughs> maybe that one doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, the, we need the, to talk about the music more than the movies. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Sorry, but uh, you know, it. Like I said, that one I toyed around with putting that on my list just because I know what it means to people, but it didn't mean enough to me to make it. 
Okay. You know, but it, it's a legitimate pull, and I, I like every song that you mentioned. I just have, uh, I, I think my feelings on the movie in particular are coloring my feelings on the soundtrack. And that's so you got to separate, though. Yeah, that's I just said that's not fair. Yeah. But I think that that's what's happening for me on that. Uh, but I, I, I can't argue that it should be on the list. It just didn't make mine. Sure. You know, but it's it's a good pull. Okay. Uh, my number seven, I think, is also a good pull. I'm I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm pretty happy with this one. Mm-hmm. I almost said I'm pretty good about this, which is not a sentence. Uh, I'm pretty happy with this one. My number seven is almost famous. Soundtrack. Yeah, I didn't famous. go with that. Um, I had a reason. Okay. <laughs> Trying to remember why it is now. You, you hate you, Cameron Crow. <laughs> um. Not especially. Okay. No, um, we'll talk, and I'll see if I can remember okay. what what made me decide not to do it. I struggled with Almost Famous as just a movie for a long time, uh, because it is uh, the semi-autobiographical story of Cameron Crowe, the guy who wrote it and mm-hmm. I think directed it. Uh, it's it's sort of his story growing up and writing stuff for like Rolling Stone, and it follows around a fictitious band called Stillwater, uh, featuring Jason Lee as the lead singer. And uh, Kate Hudson uh, walking around as uh, the girl in the movie uh, named Penny Lane, who is based on a real person. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting mix of reality crashing against absolute non-reality, because like Lester Bangs shows up in it and is meant to be Lester Bangs and is called Lester Bangs. But like other people show up and they're absolute pastiches of 17 different people. Right. It's kind of confusing. But it's, it's basically Cameron Crowe's true life story. Uh, of him growing up as a as a rock journalist, which is different from being an actual journalist because you have to put rock at the front of it. Right. Uh, but it's it just kind of follows a band on tour and tells their story of that tour and tells the story of him writing about it. And it's got a ton of music in it that's just of the time frame that the music is that the movie is set in, which is an important qualification uh, in in your list. It uh, it weds itself to that time period really well and serves as a really good chronicle of it. You've got your Simon and Garfunkel, you've got The Who, you've got CCR, you've got There's Some Yes in there, uh, you've got The Beach Boys in there, you've got some original music for Stillwater in there, uh, The Almond Brothers show up, Skinner shows up, uh, Elton John shows up, the iconic scene from that movie is them on the bus singing Tiny, Tiny Dancer, right. which... Actually falls a little flat for me, to be honest with you. Yeah. The first time I saw the movie, it hit the time. I, I saw the movie th- for the first time sitting on a couch with you and Dad. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think you had rented it uh, back in the days when you would rent movies. Right. Uh, we watched the movie, and it hit the Tiny Dancer segment. I knew nothing about the movie. And it hit that segment, and I went, oh, I understand why this segment is supposed to be significant. I understand that this is supposed to be a big emotional crux of the movie, and I don't really care. <laughs> I don't care that this is happening. There are other things in this movie I care a whole lot more about. Yeah. Uh, I, have a co- I have a conflicted uh, relationship with the movie because for a long time I didn't realize that it was about Cameron Crowe. I thought it was about uh, Robert Christigo, who I don't like. Uh, so I, for a long time, thought it was the wrong guy. Uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's uh, all movie stuff. Um, yeah, that's all movie stuff. But it's, uh, like, the Tiny Dancer segment is, like, the iconic moment of the movie. 
You've also got some Velvet Underground in there. You got Iggy and the Stooges. Sure. It's, it's a really good list. I will say in advance, I'm basing this on the 20th anniversary re uh, release of the soundtrack, so it's a double disc. I'm not sure what was on the single disc. It might be a okay. little bit different. That is a that might have been part of out. why I didn't go because I yeah. wasn't sure what was on what, um, and I think for me, um, I think the reason and I'm not arguing that the songs are good or that they don't belong and it's not iconic to the movie because it is. Um, to me, it just seems like again another pastiche where they kind of just put things together. And see, I disagree. I think it's very wedded to the time. Sure, it is. So but, you have to touch on a lot of things. No, no, no I, I, I get that. But I think to me, it's just, it seems more, again, like more like a compilation record than a soundtrack. Because other than Tiny Dancer, none of it brings about a scene from the movie in my head. Well, and maybe I, it's just me. I, I think it might be. There's uh, footage of uh, when Jason Lee did the, well, I think, 20th anniversary, 10th, 15th, 20th anniversary, whatever it was. Of uh, the movie Mallrats, the Kevin Smith movie that he's in. Yeah. Uh, they did a Q&A after that and put it on the on the DVD. And somebody walks up to the microphone and says, Hey, I'm uh, on a mission to get Jason Lee to sing Fever Dog, which is a Stillwater right, song. Right, right. Uh, so, I mean, I think people identify a little bit more of the music to, Maybe, to that and movie I than... forgot how much Stillwater stuff is on there. Yeah, it's really only um, five tracks on the 20th anniversary. Right, but that's bit. more than... Yeah. I was because I, I clearly I don't have the soundtrack. Right. Um, I thought there was like one or two. So well, there um, might have been on the original. Yeah, I don't know. Been so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with it, but it's not. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with it. Fair enough. Necessarily. Fair enough. It's just nothing that would have that really made my list. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Let's uh, let's see if we agree on your number six. Um, I really hope I'm not taking your number one away here. Um, I might actually kind of think I want to put it higher now that I look at it. So let me readjust this just a touch. Okay. And I'm going to go to... Okay, so I'm going to go with my next one, which is uh, the soundtrack to Singles. Did you say Singles? Singles. S-I-N-G-L-E-S. Yes. I don't even know the movie. Okay. You don't have to. Okay. Um, because the sound... Let me pull up the soundtrack. I don't... Please do, because I, I don't... Singles is the movie that put, um, that helped people who didn't know what grunge was know what grunge was. Okay, it's weird that I don't know that because I, I grew up with grunge. Well, I hit my teen years with grunge anyway. Um, it's another Cameron Cam Crowe film. It's a Cameron um, Crowe? Hmm. So, uh, oh, I've got to find the actual soundtrack. That is not what that is. Um, sorry, continue amongst, uh, you know, wondering what what the hell I'm talking about. Riveting soundtrack um, of him. So far, on his phone. so far it's good, right? He's uh, uh, he's doing great. Uh, uh, I'm pressing uh, buttons like a madman. His face just lit up. I think the page that he went to is white. Okay, so okay. <laughs> a lot of these songs, I mean, people know them now sure. as classics of the era. Um, some of them were not released on anything but the soundtrack for a long time. And that kind of thing. So let me run through the list. And again, this is another one that's kind of a jukebox of the time. Sure. But I think that um, because it was new enough at the time and it and some of these were released here first or at least got their major exposure through this soundtrack, it kind of helped solidify it in a lot of people's brains. Okay. So this is the original 
soundtrack. Starts off with Wood by Alice in Chains. Oh, okay. Breath, Pearl Jam. Yeah. Seasons by That's, Chris uh, Cornell. Breathe, I think, by the way. I thought it, well, it's spelled Breath. Is it actually Breathe? I'm I not thought sure. it was. Go okay, ahead. maybe I'm wrong. Keep talking. Anyway, uh, there's a Paul Westerberg song on it. Dyslexic Heart was a hit song for him. Oh, that's a good song. That's, that's um, on his Cain Great Affection album, I think. Yeah. Um, the Lovemonger's version of Battle of Evermore, uh, which was uh, oh, part of Heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a Mother Love Bone song on it that people don't really know that one. Um, Soundgarden song, Birth Ritual. State of Love and Trust made it, it was on there. Um, the Pearl Jam version. Uh, there's Mud oh, Honey yeah. is on it. Uh, there's a Jimi Hendrix song, just thrown in there for whatever reason. Nearly Lost You by Screaming Trees. Um, Smashing Pumpkins are on it. So that's the original version. Then they put out a whole other version with like another 12, 13 songs on it. So it's one of those things where, um, and it's really just it's just about people in Seattle in the 90s, I think. I don't, I don't know that the movie really made that much of an impression on me. But um, if you're talking about soundtracks that capture the time um it came out like i think in 92 or 93 yeah um the beginnings of grunge and really solidified it for people that weren't sure about it i think so um, fair enough i think for its importance and again a lot of these songs are available on other things so it's not like you have to have this to get and although probably available a lot of things but i think a lot of it made its debut or at least for ended public consciousness on this uh cd Okay, uh, I'm unfamiliar with it. I'll take your word for it. Uh, it's weird that I'm unfamiliar with it. I feel, but uh, <laughs> I'm unfamiliar with it. Uh, but singles is your number six. That's that's mm-hmm. a that's fair, and I think with the criteria you gave yourself, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the criteria I gave myself, uh, number six for me, uh, I actually feel like is borderline cheating. Okay, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. Purple rain. I actually had that higher. Okay, that's fair. That's good. I'm glad to hear that, actually. Well, and I did it because I thought it just... Not because I necessarily would have put it in the, in the pole position I put it in sure. for my own personal tastes, yeah. but I thought it deserved to be up there. So Okay, good. Yeah, nope. Uh, I, I agree that it's borderline, but I think it's allowable and it has to be in the conversation one way or another. Yeah, yeah. It's so borderline musical. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, Purple Rain is on my list. It's uh, I mean, come on, it's it's Prince, it's you know, it's the iconic. Like if you think of '80s music movies, you've got to think of Purple Rain. Uh, mm-hmm. The soundtrack is what the reason that it was questionable to me, to me beyond it almost being a musical is that the soundtrack is just a Prince album. Right. It's, it's Purple Rain. And that's where I ran into my question mark on it. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, Let's Go Crazy, Darling Nikki, When Doves Cry, the title track. Mm-hmm. Those are songs that if you don't like Prince and if you don't like the style of music Prince plays, you still know those songs. Like, those are still in your blood. And we've got that movie to thank for it, you know? And uh, uh, it just... it. It was in and out of my top five. I'll be honest with you. It was in and out of my top three. I am a little bit doubting that it's number six. <laughs> right. <laughs> that feels that feels bad, but my top five really kind of fell down into personal taste, uh, and is we're probably going to have a little bit of a parting of the ways on some of it. But uh, yeah, my number six is Purple Rain. I really don't feel like I have to say anything more about it. No, it's, it's well-known enough and iconic enough you don't have to defend it. All right, good deal. So okay. that means we're ready for number five. Okay, so number five, um, 
I've rearranged my list. I have to make sure I'm looking at the right thing. <laughs> um, number five, again, maybe not my personal taste, maybe not everyone's personal taste, but it was for a long time the highest selling soundtrack in the history of anything ever. Um, the one and only Saturday Night Fever. Well, okay. Uh, you're not wrong. It didn't make my list. I, I'm struggling to remember why. I, <laughs> I guess I felt like it. It just in my head. It's a Bee Gees album, you know. <laughs> well, and you're very much correct on that to a certain degree. Um, it has a lot of Bee Gees stuff in it, uh, but some of the songs were commissioned for the movie. Yeah. So we got that going for us. But everyone who does staying alive now has, you know, not everyone, but. You often see Staying Alive played by somebody walking down the street, and yeah. that's taken directly from that movie. Yeah, you're right. You cannot hear Staying Alive or a lot of the songs on that on that without at least thinking for just a, just a minute about Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, you're right. Soundtrack. Um, so they say it's you know people say oh it's a Bee Gees record. Well, yeah, there's like six, seven Bee Gees songs, um, but the version of but and and they've even written songs for other people like. Uh, that song, If I Can't Have You. If I can't have you, I oh, don't yeah. want nobody. They wrote that. I don't think I knew but that. But it's not their song, at least not in here. Yeah. Uh, there's another artist does it. Um, it's got some other, and it's got some of that weird 70s thing where they took old classical music and put a disco beat behind it and changed it sure. around a little bit. Yeah. It's got two of those on, and that's, I guess, as a documentation, I'm have these on whether it's any good. But, you know, it's got, you should be dancing on it and jive yeah. talking and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but Boogie Shoes by Casey and the Sunshine Man is on that record. Oh, okay. And uh, closes with my personal favorite disco song, if there is such a thing, Disco Inferno by the Tramps. Okay, fair enough. Which, um, to me, is kind of, if I, I'm going to say, what's disco? And if I'm not allowed to say the Bee Gees, here you go, it's Tramps. Yeah, yeah um, that's probably true. So that came out when I was a kid. Yeah. I was very young. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know one way or another at that point what was good, what was bad. But the phenomenon was huge, and it's still iconic, and it's yeah. still talked about. People still, it still sells. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, our dad hated disco so much that he got into country. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have his copy of the. And Saturday he had Night Fever. the Saturday Night and he yeah. listened to it. Yeah, I have his copy of that soundtrack. Yeah. So yeah. you know, <laughs> you can't deny it. Whether you like it or not is irrelevant at this point. Yeah. Because it's like, and there's another one or two of her on here that I have like that way. But um, yeah, you just can't deny it at this point. So yes. Yeah. So it's up there. It's in my top five because uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, put it anywhere else without you know saying, well, that's not right. So yeah, that's go. fair. That's fair. Again, not on my list, but I you know am a little bit regretting that. So there's a little bit of ice was in there. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, it happens. Uh, I mean, they listen to my cats crash into things. Half That's the fair. Not tonight because they're scared that there's a second. They're person scared in the of house. me, basically. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're scared of anybody but me. So, in fact, they sometimes they sometimes get scared of me when I put on a long sleeved shirt. <laughs> they're like, "You're a different person." Oh no, disguises. <laughs> yeah, you're a different person. Your arms are normally fleshy and warm, and now they're oh soft and nice. <laughs> like, All right, we're in. So yeah, the, the, you you can't take that personally. They're they're COVID babies. They knew their mom and now me. Uh, so, but they'll they'll come around. I choose to take it personally. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, what we're we just talking about number five. Yours was Saturday Night Fever. 
Um, I know I've arranged my list a little bit. I don't know what the hell number one. It's okay, I'm writing it down as it happens. Okay, the last one fine. I've written down is five Saturday Night Fever on the Dave's List side. Perfect. Uh, so my number five is a movie that uh, does not belong on the list, that uh, <laughs> absolutely should not be on the final list, okay. that I have no justification for other than I like it, that I'm sure you considered and discarded, uh, the movie Hardcore Logo. Is that number five on my list? Yeah, I did consider it, and I did discard it. Yeah. Um, Hardcore Logo, for those at home, is a uh, mockumentary about uh, an aging uh, Canadian punk band taking one last shot at the big time. Uh, they're doing kind of their big final hurrah, like, we're going to try this one more time. We're getting back together to do it one more time. And it's uh, part comedy and part uh, dark drama. Yeah. Uh, and has a really good uh, soundtrack. The that... soundtrack is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think I left it off just because I think I thought other things deserved to be there more. Yeah, you're you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Again, but mine came you, down to personal preference. But if you have the... Exactly. If you have the chance to check it out, though, I would suggest doing so. Yeah, if nothing else, I uh, recommend... Uh, take a listen to the version of uh, Sonic Reducer that's on there. Everybody does Sonic Reducer, but at the time that it appeared on this soundtrack, nobody was doing Sonic Reducer. Right. Uh, it's a really good version of it. Uh, the the uh, band featured in the movie, uh, most of the people who are in the movie do not play instruments, but the lead singer of the group is a guy named Hugh Dillon, who is in Canada very well known. He was the lead singer of a band called The Headstones, and uh, also uh, the Hugh Dillon Redemption Choir was his project after that before he went back to The Headstones. Uh, but he's uh, he's well known there. If you travel in circles where you like uh, Sloan and the Tragically Hip, you've probably seen the Headstones pop up alongside Billy Talent, who are named after a different character in the movie. There you go. Uh, but yeah, Hugh, Hugh Dillon is sort of the voice of that band. The soundtrack itself is uh, largely Hugh singing along with a band called Swamp Baby, who I don't think did anything else. Uh, <laughs> I can't find it. Yeah, anyway. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, if they did, and they're huge in Canada, my my apologies to our Canadian friends. But uh, uh, yeah, Swamp Baby is the band for most of it. There's a couple of uh, other songs on there by other bands. There's a great Ramon song on there. One of the last Ramon songs is on. Might there. be the last Ramon. Yeah, song. and uh, the song Touring is on there. Uh, there's a I think a Chris Spedding song. Yeah. Um, something else that I'm forgetting, but it's it's mostly just that band doing songs that are in the movie that were written for the movie with Hugh Dillon mm -hmm. singing them. Uh, yeah. I just really dig it. It's yeah, a good so punk it, rock. Yeah, album. I mean it absolutely counts. Um, and uh, yeah, and and if it was yeah, see that's I tried to do my list as part personal preference, part intelligent, you know, not yeah. intelligent, but part. Things that made sense, yeah, sort of you know. academically. Yeah, yeah, that's a better word, academically. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I realized that if we were just doing our our personal favorites, we probably be, both would have that on our list. But yeah, it would be a different list for yeah. me. So this is well, this is what makes it interesting is the two different um, approaches here. So, yeah, cool. So. so that's my number five is hardcore logo. Okay. Okay, so we are ready for number four, and it's uh, your go. Okay, uh, my number four is uh, '80s classic. I was yeah. just mostly 80s at this point. Not sure. Because, um, again, 80s was, to my ears and eyes and everything, uh, the epitome of soundtrackdom. But 
Uh, if that's even a word, it's probably it's not. not. Okay, well, it is now. I just I coined it. Me, first guy. Yay. All right. Um, soundtrack to Pretty in Pink. Interesting. That's Wow, that's a really good choice, and I didn't think of it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just to run down. And again, it's, uh, it's kind of a hits compilation, but a lot of those artists were fairly new at the time, and it captured that moment in time of music. Now, at the time, I wasn't overly appreciative of it because uh, I was, you know, I was a rocker and you can't like all that keyboard music and yeah, the dance right. stuff and, you know, weird people with odd makeup on what's going on. Right. And then, you know, that happened in rock like three years later. But, yeah. Um, well, in fairness, it happened in rock as soon as David Bowie showed up. But... True, but it, the hard rock kind <laughs> yeah. of, it went away and came back. Yeah. Uh, but these were people that were, it, it wasn't goth yet. Right. But New Wave was kind of order, over. It was that middle ground. Right. But um, if you look at the list and you think of the songs in the head, um, you know, If You Leave, uh, OMD, yeah. If You Leave, Don't yeah, Leave Me, that one. Good song. Um, you see, there's there's a Oddball in Excess song. Obviously, the title song. Yeah. Psychedelic Furs. I mean, you know, come on. Yeah. Um, there's a New Order song on there, uh, Shell Shock. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, it ends with the Smiths. Please, please let me get what I want. Sure. Um, one of the really great Smiths songs. Yeah, there's an Echo and the Bunny Men are on it. Sure. Um, and uh, someone who I don't know how to pronounce his name. I've never heard it again. It looks like Bella was some, but that's not it. <laughs> okay. Bella Be- something like that, with a song called Round Round, which is fantastic. Oh, I know Round Round. I didn't yeah. know the name of the guy. Who I don't. It. I still don't. I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I still I don't. I know I butchered it. <laughs> yeah. I know I butchered it, and apologies. Um, to anyone who's going, well, how do you not know that? Um, how do you not know it's Brown Steve? The other, <laughs> <laughs> and the other song that um, I didn't, I never made the connection until I dug that soundtrack back out and listened to it. Uh, there's a Suzanne Vega song on it, and she didn't get popular as a solo artist anyway yeah. until many years later. Yeah, um, yeah. Suzanne and Joe Jackson plays piano on it. Really? It's a Joe Jackson, Suzanne Vega mix, and it sounds, he didn't write it, but it sounds Joe Jackson ish. I it'd almost have to. Well, yeah, if he's playing piano, anything sure. he does. Um, yeah. So it's a really cool moment. And again, it's not something I necessarily listen to all the time. Sure, but it's something that I will listen to start to finish. Yeah, it's a really good snapshot of new wave. Yeah. Sure. So it's uh, you know yeah, and you know in the movie, you know it's a John Hughes movie. Either you like it or you don't. Yeah. But um, yeah, really good soundtrack. Um, you know, there's a lot of good songs on it. I mean, I'm guessing that just the cure said no to being on that soundtrack is really the only thing missing <laughs> yeah pretty much i mean it was a few things that aren't on there but i don't necessarily know um i don't always know the timeline of some of those bands yeah so i don't um because again at the time i wasn't into it i got into new a pretty much retroactively yeah yeah um I mean, I'm and i've been into it for several years now but i still don't know timelines of everything yeah you know? i'm just always surprised and kind of happy to see new order show up yeah so, you know, it's just, it's good stuff, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, Pretty in Pink, I think, is a very, uh, uh, it was the cool version of the 80s soundtracks. The 80s, not the hits version, but the overly hip, the uh, cool kids in the room or the cool kids over in the corner that were too good for the room. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, so there's other 80s soundtracks that are a little more known for everybody but that was you know the i kind of got that the other side of that here on here as well but um yeah pretty in pink really cool yeah that's a that's a like i said that's a really good choice that just didn't occur to me that's that's a good one uh my number four is one that 
I mean, would occur to everybody. It's the thing that's controversial about this pick is that it's not my number one is uh, Spinal Tap. Okay, that was coming AKA up. AKA This Is Spinal Tap, mm-hmm. uh, which is the correct name of it. I mean, if you're listening to this show and you don't know Spinal Tap, what the hell are you doing listening to, the, to this show? Fair. It's, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, we're 124 episodes in now, I think. And like, you, if you're still listening to me, you know Spinal Tap. It's uh, the uh, uh, mockumentary of a British heavy metal band doing a tour and the hijinks and hilarity that goes on, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, a Christopher Guest film, as you talked about with Mighty Wind. It's If you have seen Mighty Wind and not Spinal Tap, then Spinal Tap is the heavy metal version of Mighty Wind. If you've seen Spinal mm-hmm. Tap and not Mighty Wind, then Mighty Wind is the folk version of Spinal Tap. It's, you know, it's, it's that. Uh, I love this movie i love the songs from this movie some of these songs got played on radio legitimately yes yeah hellhole was an actual single with an actual video you know yeah, it used to air on mtv back in the early 80s yeah it's just one of those iconic movies it's almost a rite of passage movie you know if, mm-hmm. if you're a musician especially there isn't a musician i've ever met that hasn't said well these go to 11 you know yeah it's just one of those movies that's embedded in everybody's soul and a big part of the reason why is because the songs were so good that movie doesn't work if the soundtrack sucks well the thing about the soundtrack too is uh it's very much of the heavy metal music of the time. They yeah. nailed it, but they also nailed the stupidity yeah. involved. Uh, yeah. I love early heavy metal music. I totally. love grandpa metal. Yep. I do. Um, and the thing about that whole genre is there were all of these bands, not I shouldn't say all, but many of the bands from that period would have songs with wide varieties of topics, Yeah, but... Anytime they, but there was always at least maybe half the record was sex songs. Yeah. Or songs that they were trying to be clever and do, oh, it's about sex, but it's not really because we've done this clever twist on it. Yeah. And it was always, it was never clever. It was always stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Spinal Tap took that and ran with it. Yep. So these songs are, uh, I mean, a lot of people would say, oh, that's offensive. No, that's a parody of the thing that actually was offensive. Yeah. But we were too stupid to know it was offensive back then. Yeah. Um, stuff you can't get away with today, and they only get away with it in Spinal Tap because people actually did it, and they're making fun of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Jesus, so, have you ever actually read the lyrics to Rocky Like a Hurricane? It's filthy. Yeah, it's terrible. You know, but like Spinal, but, Ta- Spinal Tap was just upfront about it. <laughs> yeah, well, Rocky Like a Hurricane came later. Yeah, the, then, yeah, yeah. It's just um, my go-to yeah, example I mean, of that. Just, yeah. uh, you know, and Rocket Like a Hurricane. And, you know, let's face it, everybody likes that song. Yeah. Um, played it, you know, ball games yeah, <laughs> around, yeah. the, around the country. And it's you know. filthy. And it's, it's <laughs> terrible. Um, so Spinal Tap got that. So, But Spinal Tap is actually, and the difference between Spinal Tap and Mighty Wind lyrically is Spinal Tap, every song has a joke in it. Yes. Uh, whether it's a good joke or not is a questionable, but right. <laughs> um, all has a joke. It's all a giant parody, and A Mighty Wind got close enough that um, it kind of lost some of the humor and that it's close enough. Spinal Tap got close and hit it dead on and yeah. is funnier for it. Yeah, um, There are a lot of 
musicians who at the time at least couldn't even watch Spinal Tap because it was too close. Oh yeah, I've heard so good. many musicians say that. Oh, it's it's, it's I've had that experience. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at this point, uh, musicians from that era and before fight over who it's yeah. based on and what uh, which which of their experiences is. Oh, that that happened to us. That's based on us. No, it's based on we did that. You know. Yeah, so yeah. you know, so you all did it, and you're all you know. So. Um, <laughs> As Bruce McCullough once said, I love rock music, but I also love how stupid it is. Yes. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of great rock music out there. There's a lot of great intelligent rock music out there. This ain't it. Yeah. But this is, uh, <laughs> um, but it's making fun of what isn't it. And you have to be super intelligent to make fun of something that stupid. Yeah. And be that stupid. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah. So it's, the movie's fantastic. The song's same way, songs just work. So, yeah, yeah. There you go. The songs are so strong that they eventually kind of became a band. Like there's a there's a Spinal Tap album out there called Break Like the Wind that does not have an accompanying movie. There was a HBO special kind of, but yeah, there was a thing called Return of Spinal Tap, which was basically a concert. Yeah, with a but, few wraparound segments in yeah, the middle to. But I mean, the Break Like the, the Wind album. To. The Break Like the Wind album is actually pretty good uh, to the point that. Spinal Tap showed up at the Concert for Life tribute to Freddie Mercury and played songs off a break like the wind for like a audience that was there wanting to hear Queen. They showed up and did a couple I think of They only did one song, didn't they? Uh didn't they that say that might be right. Didn't they Majesty say they I think it was yeah. something like yeah, I think like we've uh shortened our set down to you one might be mercifully right about that. to one it's song. It's been a while since I've actually um, watched that. But yeah, they, I mean so, Spinal Tap showed up at something that they had no business being at. Because it was fun, and people knew it was fun, and it was in England. That helped. Right. Because uh, the English have a much more dry and, and smart sense of humor. Uh, but yeah, they showed up at an AIDS benefit to be, to be Spinal Tap and, and play a really cool, fun song off of their current album. Right. You know, like that's, that's what, yeah. that's how good Spinal I mean, Tap they did was. a tour around yeah. that record, yeah, which I did. saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was in the middle of the day and for some uh, reason. And it's referenced on the, on the Simpsons, which, you know, Harry, yeah. Harry, uh, uh, Sure. Sure. I was about to say Styles, and that was wrong. Yeah, that, Harry, not the same dude. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Harry Shearer, of course, very involved with The Simpsons as a voice actor. So there's your window in. But yeah, the Break Like the Wind tour was, you know, stopped by The Simpsons even. Yeah. So um, you know, a fake band that became real, but still fake. It's just yeah, bizarre. yeah, um, and just just and just some fun of the music. and some of the things they, the things that you do know where they came from. But, Absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah. so yeah. So but good just, time. Just really fun music, and also uh, this is going to sound dumb. The song "Big Bottom" very important to me as a bass player. Yeah. When I was learning how to play bass, because that song's played with three basses, mm -hmm. and nobody does that, and they did that, and it was fun, and that was part of the joke. But uh, I just kind of went, oh, that's really cool as a bass player. And it was like, oh, the bass can be a, a lead instrument, you know. And like b before I knew who Rush was, right. I saw Spinal Tap doing Big Bottom. And that mm -hmm. was, you know, just, just a really cool, fun, funny soundtrack that also plays as not funny if you're the right kind of person, you know. Yeah, if you don't have a frame of reference for the uh, the original jokes or the original music it might be a little bit lost on you yeah, yeah. although i did watch a reaction video um the other day because there's uh i follow uh on youtube um 
Ashley Burton, I think her name is. Awkward Ashley, she goes by. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She is a, a, uh, a millennial that watches old, apparently never watched movies and is yeah, watching yeah. all these old movies that people tell her about. So she did a Spinal Tap one. And uh, she did laugh her way through it. Thought it was funny. But um, they got to the line in uh, Big Bottom of uh, I'd Like to Sink It With My Pink Torpedo. Yeah, yeah. And she had nothing to say. And they went to another scene. She said, y'all, I'm still stuck on Pink Torpedo. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. She said, I'm, I'm not over Pink Torpedo. I think she's what she said. So, um, well, so, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm not just like, so, uh, yeah, very, so, yeah. So, you know, you got to have the right sense of humor. You got to kind of have a little bit of a history of rock to understand. But yeah. still, yeah, very yeah. much. Yeah, it could not be on the list. Yeah, I'm uh, like I said, I'm only surprised that it's not my number one. Actually, all of my top like four, I'm surprised you're not my number one. Fair. Except for the one that's number one. Uh, but yeah, number, uh, number four for me was Spinal Tap. Mm-hmm. So we are now ready for your number three. Spinal Tap. Okay. <laughs> so... Continue. Okay, number two. Uh, no, number three for me. Sorry, uh, I <laughs> that was so smooth until I didn't remember what was happening. No problem. Uh, number uh, th- three for me is uh, a movie that uh, is in my all-time top five favorite movies: High Fidelity, the soundtrack to High Fidelity. Yeah. Uh, if you. B- Sorry about that. Uh, if you heard that little swishy sound, that was me grabbing a paper. If you boiled my musical taste down into a playlist, it is the playlist of High Fidelity. Uh, and I've gone way deep with it. I mean, the soundtrack itself exists and is great. I've gone so deep that I've got a playlist on my phone that is every song that is referenced in that movie. Yeah. I, I just, I, the, that that whole movie is an encapsulation of my musical taste, except they don't really mention The Who. Uh, but <laughs> it's sure. uh, uh, just, it, it's a great song list. You've got, uh, I mean, the 13th Floor Elevators, which is the weirdest pull from the entire thing, but it's the first song that you hear in the movie. Uh, and it's the song that starts the soundtrack. But you've got some kinks. In fact, you've got a decent amount of kinks. You've got Everybody's Gonna Be Happy uh, is on there. Uh, you've got uh, 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 The Velvet Underground is on there. You've got John Le- Wesley Harding. Um, Stevie Wonder is on there. you got some Marvin Gaye, although on the soundtrack it's Marvin Gaye performed by Jack Black, which is fine, but not what I want. Right. Uh, but it's fine. Uh, the Beta Band is on there. The Beta Band is a significant moment in that movie, in fact. You got some Elvis Costello on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's some. Uh, is is Bell and Sebastian actually on the soundtrack? I don't think so. Uh, no, but there's some. Uh, there's some Dylan on there. Uh, it, it's just a really great list. It's just a really great track list. It's again one of my favorite movies. It might be my favorite movie at this point. Uh, I've always said my favorite movie is Twelve Angry Men, but it might actually be High Fidelity. I think I've seen it a lot more. I watch that at least yearly, uh, and the soundtrack, one song or another, virtually never leaves my playlist. Just every track on there I love, and uh, uh, it just it belonged on my list, in my heart. It, again, probably belongs at number one, but it, it hit number three on my list just because the other two, I, I don't know, I have a sentimental reason for them being higher, but again... Just my list is more based on personal experience and personal uh, opinion 
right. and High Fidelity had to be there, and it's at number three because it, it had to be in the top five. I mean, the whole thing about that movie is making a top five list. So it was right. going to be in my top five, no question. Yeah. And um, uh, it's it's number three, and uh, there's a big part of me that wishes it could be higher, you know? <laughs> if I had it at number sure. one, I would want it to be higher. I just I <laughs> love that, that, that set of songs so much. Yeah, yeah it's a good set of songs. Uh, it's a great movie. I agree with you pretty much with what you said. It's a movie um, about record store geeks for record store geeks, basically. Yeah, so, I did nothing to describe the plot. Sorry. So everybody. I get that, but um, <laughs> so was the soundtrack. And I think the reason I didn't put it on mine is because I thought it was very obvious. And that's what, because it was so obvious, I didn't put it on there. You Fair know what enough. I mean? I mean, it was just one of those things where I go, well, yeah, I mean, that's just too obvious. That's too on the nose, so I didn't put it on there. But that's the difference between the way we approached our lists. You did yep. yours uh, from the heart, and I did mine more academically, and it's, yeah. So um, that's why it's different and weird and going to be interesting here in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated to see if we can even get a final list out of this. Probably not. Uh, but but we'll uh, we are up to number two. We're getting into the home stretch here. Mm-hmm. Sorry if anybody can hear my neighbor's dog barking, but we're, we're going to push on, even though that's happening, and it's going to happen for the next hour. Uh, Dave, what is your number two? Uh, we've already talked about it. My number two was Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Okay, good. Not necessarily because I love it, and, and again, it's that's more because of its iconicness than... Uh, anything else as a personal list it probably would have been lower but okay i put it there but it still deserves being the conversations there you are fair enough so we we've got an agreement there uh my number two is uh a movie that uh wait did you already talk about this yes you did okay so we don't have to say a lot more uh my number two is that thing you do oh there you go yeah uh, it's uh it was a real struggle deciding if that was two or one but it was number two for me but we've we've already talked about it uh this is another one that in the uh, margin where I have everything written. The only thing I have written next to that is "Come on," mm-hmm. is that thing you do. Uh, just, just love those songs. But we've already gone deep on that, so we don't need to go any further. Uh, what is your number one? Okay, so you're probably going to argue with me on this one. Okay, um, but my number one, because of the way I've done my list, is Footloose. Uh, yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> I will I'm give... a little. I, I I will I will say I'm a little surprised that it's not on my list, mm-hmm. uh, because when you, I mean, if you're going to talk about just a single song that defines soundtrack, <laughs> it is everybody got loose. <laughs> you gotta, no, if you're going to talk about a single soundtrack that defines soundtrack, especially mm-hmm. from the '80s, uh-huh. you have to give it to Footloose. Yeah. In the summer of '80, what is it? Three, '84, '83, I think. Might have been '84. I don't know. Doesn't matter. In that summer, you could not escape yeah. the Footloose soundtrack. Yeah, Everybody I mean, had a copy of it, whether you wanted it or not. I was real little, but I remember that being It around. was It was in at every party you went to, whether you were going to the cool teenage parties or the uh, lame preteen parties. Yeah. It was at every party. It was played at every poolside. Yeah. Every mall had yeah. it going on. And if you Ever, look... Uh, to, to this day, every wedding you go to, you're going to hear down, da, down, da, down, da, down, da, down. Yeah, and <laughs> then the, song, the songs are iconic. I played that soundtrack for uh, my daughter. Yeah. And she knew all but like two songs. Really? And there's what, nine uh, songs on it. Let's we've run... Mentioned, we, yeah, we mentioned Footloose. What else is on Let's it? run through it, okay? So Footloose, song number two, let's hear it for the boy. Oh, yeah. It's still played everywhere. 
I, you still hear, let's hear it from the bar. I sing that when one of my cats does something cool. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> so <laughs> I like how much you share. Um, okay. So anyway. <laughs> no one else does. So that's number two. The third song. Here's another one. Almost Paradise. Oh, God. That's on that soundtrack. Everything is a hit. Oh. Num- song number four. Jim Steinman's comeback. Holding out for a hero. Oh, fuck. You're so right. By should be Bonnie one. Tyler. <laughs> I'm holding out for a hero till the morning and night. Then it drops a little bit with Dancing in the Sheets by Shalimar, which okay. was because they couldn't get a Prince song. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so this was side two of the record. Starts... With I'm Free, another Kenny Loggins yeah. song. Heaven helps the man who finds his dream. And has a chorus of kids singing I'm Free for no reason. Uh, yeah, no, that doesn't belong there, but <laughs> it's a good song. So then the last of it kind of fades out a little. You got a song called Somebody's Eyes, which was a good song, but just doesn't touch everything yeah. else. Second to last song, you had to have a rock song in there somewhere. Sammy Hagar shows up again <laughs> with The Girl Gets Around. Yeah. Which is not one of his best songs, but it worked real well for the movie. And you know what? It's got a danceable beat to that song. Yeah. So, and it ends with a band called Moving Pictures, which is, a, I believe, a Canadian band. Had a couple of minor hits in the 80s, never broke out. Sure. But should have. They had another song called What About Me, mm. which... Um, I don't know if anybody would even remember it but me. It was on MTV, uh, very early days of MTV. Uh, what about me? It isn't fair. I've had enough. Now I want my share. Anyway. Doesn't ring a bell for me. Um, that's not on this record, but it's sure. a good song. So it comes down what, a little bit. What is bit. on that record for uh, me? It's called Never. Never. It's okay. Never, Never Had Your Heart. Oh, I yeah, know yeah, all yeah, these yeah, songs by heart yeah. because you heard this album, the whole thing. Yeah. All the time, everywhere. Yeah. And it sold like the Dickens. There were so many singles from it. They couldn't put out singles. They had to put out, you know, it had to be like double B-sides, I think, or double A-sides, because you couldn't do it. There's videos for half the songs. Um, Yeah. I mean, whether you like the songs or not, you know, when you've got nine songs on a record and, what, six of them are iconic, you can't escape it. I mean, it's got. I mean, I couldn't. I tr- I really tried to not put it at number one. Yeah, that's... I tried to put it like in the bottom part of the of the top five. I could not get away with it. I couldn't. You know, I said I've, I have to be honest here, and I've been, you know, in the head as much as you go. You know, and as much as I hate to admit it, I like a lot of these songs. Some of these, I mean, some of them I don't like that I like. But I like, you know, <laughs> like I'm. I don't. I don't like that. I know all the words of "Let's Hear It for the Boy." I'm sure. not a fan of that. But sure, I do. I know it all because you know you still hear it. So you can't. You just can't get away from Footloose. That's just all there is to it. I am so pissed off that that's the right choice for number one. <laughs> <laughs> I am so pissed off that you're right about that. That's great, and I. I mean, it came. It came to my attention. I thought about it, mm-hmm. uh, but I kind of went. Ah. I, I mean, I know the title track. I didn't dive any deeper than the title track. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, you're so right. Yeah. Uh, that pisses me off so bad. <laughs> uh, you're so right. That should absolutely be at number one. Um, the one that's at my number one, mm-hmm. we've already talked about, is A Mighty Wind. Okay. Just because I really love that those songs. And, and that's they're fair. Just, they're just imp- imprinted on my heart. Uh, we don't need to go for- farther on that. We've already t- talked about that one, and we've we've done a good job covering that one. Uh, but that's that's my number one. That's 
probably my favorite soundtrack. If you if I had to pick one, I would you know I would either wave that around or I'd wave around uh, High Fidelity. Even though that thing you do is at my number two. Um, yeah, I've listened to Mighty Wind many many times. Yeah, me too. I've got some of those songs memorized. Sure. Uh, for those who are familiar with the Good Book song. <laughs> I love that I, too. Yeah, I went to Bible college. I used to be a minister. That is an excellent telling of Old Testament theology. That like I've that when I was in Bible college, used it to remember some stuff on tests. <laughs> and then, like that's a great song just structurally. And yeah, the and the songs of that. I mean, can we talk about uh, uh, John Michael Higgins as a singer? Yes. Uh, just, uh, he's great. And, uh, like, the uh, sort of the way that Chris Guest decided that he wanted him to do this musical project with him was during Best in Show, John Michael Higgins was pulling people aside and just arranging harmonies on stuff, and they were just singing academically for fun. And he went, oh, okay, noted. And <laughs> and he became, you know, the guy in, in yeah. A Mighty Wind. And uh, uh, yeah, just... It might be my all-time favorite soundtrack. If it's not, it's a close second behind High Fidelity. Uh, I mean, it's certainly my favorite soundtrack of stuff that was written for a movie. Sure. You know, uh, just, just just love it. But you're you're right. Number one is Footloose. God damn it! <laughs> it's, you're it hurts. Right. It hurts to it say. It hurts so much. <laughs> that sucks so bad. But I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't get away from it. I just yeah. Could not. Yeah. Uh, if we're if we're gonna attempt a final list. Okay. Here's the ones we agree on. Uh, hang on, let me jot down kind of a number system here so I can... Uh, and by number system, I mean let me write numbers 1 through 15 in a margin. Good job. Uh, so I can keep track of how many well, we while agree while you're on. doing that, let me um, address a few very popular soundtracks that did not go on. Yeah, please do. I've got a list of honorable mentions too, but go ahead. Well, I'm not doing it because of honorable mentions, but um, there are certain people... Um, really upset right now that a few so uh, soundtracks, mostly from the early 90s, did not make it. Yeah. And I want to tell them that I understand. So many people right now, um, and I don't and I, I don't mean this to be sexist, but women, middle-aged women who were teenage girls at the time loved it. The Dirty Dancing soundtrack oh, did yeah. not make it. Um, and the reason it did not make it is because Footloose did. Yeah. That's really that's fair. It. Um, that's you know, fair. and that's actually got some good songs on it. The time of my life, you still hear at weddings. I, often I love at the that end, song. Often at the yeah. end of the wedding. But yeah, so that absolutely deserves to be in the, in the conversation. No question. Yes, it does. Yeah. Uh, right. Another great, or maybe not great, but another soundtrack that was very popular from the nineties, Pretty Woman. Yeah. Had a lot of really good. good stuff on it. Um, King of Wishful Thinking is still one of those songs that you hear it and you kind of put a little dance in your step. It's, it's one of those songs. Um, there's a lot of good stuff on that. Again, um, it's just very kind of an obvious pick, so I didn't go with it because of that, but I'm not upset at anybody that thinks about that. Um, as far as rock ones go, I almost put Last Action Hero on it. Oh, it that's a good one. last of the big 80s Came out in 1992. It was yeah. right before grunge came in. It's the last of the big 80s, but it had Two Steps Behind by yeah. Def Leppard is on it. I think Big Gun by ACDC is on that one. I think you're right, yeah. A um, lot of, you know, yeah, big, a good choice. big rock songs, and it was very close to being on, but I tried to get a little bit of variety on my list, too. Right. So I left it off, but that's a good one. And then just from personal picking, um, 
I apologize that Brain Candy isn't on there. That's on it's my such, honorable. It's yeah. such a weird soundtrack that I love it. It's on my honorable mentions. Um, you were talking about punk ones. I almost put Rock and Roll High School on. Yeah, I, I felt got, like that was too close to being not a musical, but like a, like almost a documentary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Rock and Roll High School has got the Ramones songs on it, but it's also got like Smoking in the Boys Room, the Brownsville Station oh, version, right, right. and a lot of kind of a mix. And I thought about it, but it was just a little bit too... It didn't hang together well enough for me to use yeah. it. Uh, the only other one I wanted to mention, uh, and like I say, I had a list of like 30 plus, so yeah. I'm not going to go through the whole list. But the only other one I wanted to mention... And this is the one that I was trying to figure out if I wanted to do that thing you do or this one. Yeah. She's the one. That's a good the choice. The Tom Petty one. Yeah, that's a good choice. And the only reason I went with that thing you do last minute, because they were both, uh, they're both all songs written for a movie, or at least Tom Petty, yeah. most of them were written for She's the One. Yeah. Few leftovers from Wallflowers, but, or yeah. wild, Wildflowers, excuse me. Right. Um, but I thought that thing you do probably beat it out because it was uh, just a little bit more ambitious, I think, as a soundtrack. Yeah, and a and little also, bit more popular. <laughs> a little bit more popular. Well, She's the One was very popular when it came out. Yeah. People were really into it at the time. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. Um, and But it's actually breaks down, kind of like Purple Rain, it breaks down to being a Tom Petty album. Yeah. That's just kind of, it's kind of how it's thought of now. Yeah. So that's why I left it on. But I was really close to that. So those were ones, I mean, I have... A ton of others that I really like. Yeah. That I could have put on. But those are ones I wanted to mention because I know people are, um, that I think uh, at least some people are going, why was that not on there? So, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, my honorable mentions that were not already mentioned by you um, in one way or another. Uh, the soundtrack to Juliet Naked, which is just a personal choice, and that's why it mm -hmm. didn't make my list. Uh, but a lot of that was written for it, but I, I like that a lot, but anyway. I didn't see the movie. I don't remember much of the music, but I did see the movie. Yeah. So. And, and one of my, uh, favorite books, it's a Nick Hornby book. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I like that. I like that soundtrack a lot. Very good version of, uh, the Kinks Waterloo sunset that's stripped down to just piano and vocal. Cool. Uh, that the, I, I actually kind of, it's, uh, uh, what's the guy in the movie? Um, uh, Ethan Hawke. It's just hmm. Ethan Hawke playing and singing. I, I, he's probably not actually playing, but in the movie right. it's him playing and singing it. And it's just, I, I think I actually prefer that version to the Kinks version, as sacrilegious as that feels to say. Hmm. Uh, but uh, Eddie and the Cruisers is on my honorable mentions, which actually you did mention, I sorry. Did. Uh, I Am Sam is on there, which right. is a cool album of entirely Beatles covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday is on there. <laughs> I that was I forgot to mention that. I was yeah. going to say that too. That was just felt like cheating. I yeah, uh, that's how I yeah. felt about it too. Yeah. Uh, there are reasons that would take up an entire episode to talk about why neither of us included the Breakfast Club. Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel like it needs to be at least mentioned. Sure. Because uh, everybody, there is somebody who has been screaming for two hours, when are you going to mention The Breakfast Club? Yeah. There you go, sir. I just did. Uh, I presume, sir. I just did. Um, cause, yeah, um, yeah, because the, uh, oh the Simple Mind song is, yeah. uh, you know, just iconic and a great song. Yeah, so yeah. I'll give you that yeah. one. Yeah, I, I almost put it on there just for the iconography of it. But mm -hmm. uh, again, mine skewed Ooh, iconography. More I love that. Yeah, but again, my list... Uh, skewed more personal, so it didn't quite make it. Although I did recently re-watch re it and had a lot of fun. Uh, another one that would have been, I just felt 
it it just bordered too close into musical was uh, the Wicker Man, the original Wicker Man, the nineteen seventies yeah. with Christopher Lee. Yeah, I would say that's a musical. Yeah, it just barely crosses barely into musical. a musical, but yes. Uh, but yeah, I I love that, and I've got that soundtrack, and I listen to it every autumn. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one that is a weird pull. Uh, the soundtrack to Zack and Miri make a porno. I thought was really good. Hmm. Includes a live song that not a lot of people know. Um, although actually that might not be on the actual released soundtrack. But anyway, I, I, I really liked that soundtrack. Brain Candy is on my list. So you already talked about that. Uh, I was a little bit surprised that the Guardians of the Galaxy was not on your list. Um, again, because it's, again, a great soundtrack. Both of them. Both of them are great. Yeah. But again, it's a, to me, it's more of a compilation. Any songs could have been used. Uh, those are the ones that you just happened to pick. They did use them to good effect in a few places, I yeah. will admit. Yeah. Um, but again, I thought it was too easy. Okay, fair just enough. Just too easy. You know, and again, I like Guardian soundtracks. I like both of them. I even like the one from the cartoon. There was a they did a Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon on Cartoon Network for a while. And they oh, put yeah, out that. a soundtrack of that yeah. that I picked up. It's got some James Gang stuff on it, which nice. is cool. Um I even like that. You know, I have nothing against the Guardian soundtracks. But I don't think that. But because of my own rules, yeah, they just didn't make it. Um, again, it's just a, it's just a playlist. Is fair enough. Me. Fair enough. But it's a good playlist. Uh, I also had a brother on there, but we mm-hmm. talked about that. Right. Uh, one that, in my heart of hearts, I wanted to put on the list, and you probably did too. Uh, Spice World. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not really a soundtrack. Though. Not really. No, it's it was an album. And yes, listeners at home, we both love that movie. Uh, non-ironically, I love that movie. Uh, I'm not going to speak for you, but non-ironically, I love that movie. Uh, a little bit of both. Okay. Um, heavy Metal was on my list, but we talked about that. Yeah. Um, one of the ones that neither of us mentioned that has the best-selling single of all time on it, The Bodyguard. Yeah. That should have been on one of our lists. Yeah. Um... Especially yours, since you approached it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Outside of that song, I'm not that familiar with the soundtrack. Well, that's fair. I, I'd be honest with you, neither am I. And I think that's what kept me from it. I didn't dig deep into it, but I don't remember there being other hits from it. I and mean, I could I don't be wrong. Either. I could be. You know, let's look it up. As long as I'm yeah, at it. Okay. Yeah. You, you go ahead. Mention something else, and I'll I, come back. Yeah, to it. I don't remember there being a lot else to it other than that song either. But just on the fact, which that doesn't that, mean that it's not a good soundtrack. Right. Sure. But I don't but remember any other hits. Just the fact that that song became so iconic i mean that i think is still the best-selling single of all time uh of course written by uh her grand majesty dolly parton right uh and sung by whitney houston in in the uh soundtrack for that movie and and that soundtrack to dolly singing a different soundtrack yeah yeah uh well i mean the song the story of dolly writing that song is incredible yes uh but that's for another time um but oh, there you, were a few other hits, but nothing okay as big. It was. Uh, I just feel like based on the strength of that song alone, alone, it means it needs to be. You're probably about. right. Um, you know that's it's, that's a good thing. Um, had uh, Whitney's version of "I'm Every Woman" was on there. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Run to you, another it's uh, a good song. Whitney, um, Lisa Stanfield song. I don't remember that one though. Curtis Steiger's doing What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding. That's interesting. That's interesting. I haven't heard that. Um, and then there's a song with Joe Cocker and Sash Jordan, two amazing singers. Yeah, yeah nice. Um, so yeah, probably that was just, I was probably just overlooked. Um, yeah. 
know, again, I've never really listened to the whole soundtrack. There's other songs here listed in this thing I'm looking up that um, I don't remember them, but they seem to have had music videos. So Yeah. <laughs> um, like that's Lisa Stanfield song. I remember her. Lisa yeah. Stansfield, Someday I'm Coming around. Back. I don't remember that song. I don't either. Um, I remember her, though. So, uh, yeah, so, okay, so that's probably one that well, it was uh, lack of, just a lack of forethought on our part. So that yeah, was yeah. unfortunately admitted. Sorry, just, sorry yeah, everybody, just, fans just, of that song. Yeah, just on the level album. of impact, I think it needs to be discussed. Even saying that, I don't think it would have made my list. Based on the way that I did my list, yeah, um, but I think it needs to be talked about. Like I say, I've never—I don't know that I've ever heard the whole soundtrack, so I can't. Sure. So I, so you know, I mean, I can't listen to everything. everything. Yeah, right. On, no one know. can. I mean, can't. You know, yeah, can't listen to everything. What do you want from me? But yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that really that does deserve to be in the con in the conversation. You're absolutely right. It deserves yeah. to be uh, at least m- mentioned. So there's uh, the mention. And the last one that I had on my honorable mentions that I'm almost surprised wasn't on your list. Maybe because it gets thought of as more of an album, uh, although if you think of it as an album, it's a really bad album. <laughs> uh, Flash Gordon. Yeah, I thought it was more of a score. Yeah, well, that's fair. Because we said no scores. I mean, that's fair. It's it's got two yeah the hero songs. The got the hero, track, which yeah. is better than the title track. Uh, yeah, um, and it's got the title track, the Flash. Flash football fight. Uh, football fights are great is a great piece of music yeah but yeah i guess um, you're right there's not a lot of but it's mostly a score yeah with yeah, two right. hit songs or semi single songs anyway yeah thrown on either side and i thought that it would if, if we were doing scores i probably would have put it in yeah probably number okay. 15 but i would have yeah. put it in um Fair so enough. that's why, but I did think of Flash Gordon. That's why I didn't. And I thought of a bunch of songs that I decided were musicals, but that's, I think we should do one of those at some point. Yeah, So let's absolutely. not get too I far agree. into that. I agree. But, uh, and the other one that is also a Queen album that doesn't quite count is A Kind of Magic. Because uh, it wasn't, it was yeah. half soundtrack to Highlander, but half just a Queen album that didn't have anything to do with the movie. Exactly. So, so it doesn't, that, doesn't really count. Yeah, that was on my list until I kind of yeah. looked at it and went, Half of this has nothing to do with the movie, you know, and yeah. just kind of crossed it out. Or the TV show, subsequently. Right. Um, as far as the final oh, list... Top Gun soundtrack, too. A lot of people oh, like that one. I just, I that just came into my head. And I don't... And I actually, That's such a good choice. Actually, Top Gun, though, um, had a lot of really good iconic songs. It's a Cheap Chick song on it. Had some mm-hmm. good um, iconic songs, but it's no Footloose. No, that's true. So that's true. Top Gun, and then I also just thought of something else too. Was it oh. the roadie? Also has cheap trick the roadie. <laughs> <laughs> Roadie's such a bizarre '70s soundtrack. It's rock song, country song, rock song, country song. It's just messed up. Was it over the top? Sylvester Stallone's over the top. <laughs> no, but it did buy that because it had that same Hagar song on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and I, I really liked it when I was a kid. Was Cheap Trick on that one too? <laughs> no, but Robin Zander solo was. Oh, there you go. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, so, a lot of Cheap Trick. And... There you go. We're going to do a Cheap Trick episode at some point. I, just absolutely. For that. We got um, the Cheap Trick, the Who, Rush. We, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's this. I think um, I'm thinking probably what we'll do. I want to talk about Rush so bad. <laughs> well, I think we'll have to do it at points when it makes sense, when there's yeah. some sort of news.
news about some band or they're yeah. doing a new album or something. Yeah. Maybe um, when the Who comes to town in what October? Yeah, October maybe, we'll maybe do a, we'll do a Who it. episode, and yeah. it won't be anything like what they play. That's true. At the at the <laughs> probably well yeah. from the set list that popped up in my feed the yeah, other day. I'm intentionally not looking. But no, I'll take your word for it. Yep. So um, uh, as far as this list, oh yeah, we as, had, we we got to do a thing. Yeah, as far as soundtracks, we have five in common, which is more than I thought. No. What we have in common is Life Aquatic, That Thing You Do, A Mighty Wind, Spinal Tap, and Purple Rain. Uh, I don't. Have you been keeping track of my list? I have. Okay. Uh, let me find... Hold on. I have okay. from yours... One, two, three, four, five... Six, I have six from yours that I think belong on the list. Okay. Uh, which are? Heavy Metal. Okay. Uh, Easy Rider. Because you made a good case for that. Yeah. Uh, Eddie and the Cruisers, which was almost on my list, and when mm-hmm. you started talking about it, I regretted that it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, as much as I have reservations about it for personal reasons, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou probably belongs on the list. Mm-hmm. Saturday Night Fever, and Footloose absolutely yeah. should be number one. Those are the six, I it's think, like from six. your list that belong there. Um, which leaves us with... Hang on, let me do some four, math. Four, I think. One, two, three, four. So if you've got four from my list, we're yeah, done. Yeah, okay, let me look <laughs> here and see. Um, the one I would fight for, I would, well, the couple I would fight for. I would fight for Forrest Gump. I would fight for Wayne's World because I said in the thing that I that we did that I would, and I would be a liar if I didn't. Okay. Uh, so I'd fight for Forrest Gump. I would fight for Wayne's World. I would probably fight for School of Rock. Uh, although that's a maybe. Actually, you know what? Given the rest of my list, I wouldn't. Uh, but I would fight for the commitments. Yeah, I for think sure. commitments. You do commitments? I do. I definitely do commitments. Uh, let me scribble this down here. Hold on. So we got... I will give you Wayne's World. I'll give you that. Okay, cool. Because I used to listen to that a lot, and I'm kind of surprised I didn't put it on my list. Now, how many did you use from my list? Did you use six from I mine? used six from yours, which left us with four. Four? From, yeah. From your list? Yeah. Um... I mean, if you wanted to try and even that out a little bit, we could. But if we're talking compromise, well, I mean, here. I would say of the six I chose from yours, the one that's most debatable is Eddie and the Cruisers. <laughs> yeah, it's good though. Um, yeah, I agree. And it was almost on your list too. Yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna. I'm just uh, looking here um, at the list for the uh, almost famous. Yeah, uh, which one are you looking at? The original or uh, whatever it says? Whatever pulled up. <laughs> soundtrack album by the Soundtrack Studio Stars. Fair enough. That means I um, couldn't tell you. That doesn't sound like one that I considered well, buying. Um, but, I think it that it just classified it that way. Fair enough. Um, the original is the cover just Kate Hudson, or does it yeah. other stuff? Okay, uh-huh. then that's the original. Okay, so this is there's I've clicked on just a Kate Hudson cover. Yeah, so that would be the original, here. probably, then. Yeah, uh-huh, 17 of them. Um, so... All this work to decide this one. This <laughs> is a... Yes, this is a better... This is a more... List that I think I... Is probably more like you. Okay. Um, so... I mean, to compare that... And the Forrest Gump is just like everything's on that. Yeah, kind um, of. Just depends on. I mean, I would be okay with either for a final list. So it depends on what you, uh, which one you like. You want more. 
Uh, well, Almost Famous was certainly higher on my list, and there's actually some crossover between the two soundtracks in some way. Some ways, uh, I would probably push a little bit harder for Almost Famous, uh, just because I like it more as a soundtrack, and I think it's a little bit more representative of the time period in which it was. You know, well, and it's probably got a little bit more to do with the movie itself. Yeah, the single disc of that, I think holds up a little better like i i think i like more on the single disc of almost famous than i do on the double disc of forrest gump i don't know i think forrest gump hangs hangs together better i disagree but um because it's going chronologically um, through forrest's life and through the years but um yeah if you want to do almost famous i'm fine with that that's i mean either way i'll go i'll give i'll i'll go to you so you want almost famous yeah i think we're going with almost famous uh, which, I mean, may just be because I saw that movie more recently, but <laughs> I, uh... I was scribbling down stuff and I missed something somewhere, because I only got us down with 13. Oh, okay. Uh, Life Aquatic, That Thing You Do, oh. assuming we're going with all this. Okay. Mighty Wind, Spinal Tap, Purple Rain, those are the ones that we agreed on. Okay. And then from your list, I pulled, uh, Heavy Metal, uh, Easy Rider, mm-hmm. Eddie and the Cruisers, one. Uh, <laughs> Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Saturday Night Fever, and Footloose. And then from my list, uh, The Commitments, High Fidelity, Wayne's World, and Almost Famous. And that takes us to 15. Okay. We good? Are there any of yours you want to argue about? <laughs> um, The only one I would really argue for would have been Pretty in Pink, but... Yeah, it's a good choice. Um, I don't know what would... What would take it. No, I, the only one of the one from your list that I really felt strong about was commitments. Okay. Uh, that was the one that I can't believe I skipped. Sure. Um, the other ones I popped into my head, except for SLC Punk, which popped into my yeah. did not, but everything else popped into my head at least. Yeah. Um. So. Let's see. Um. I don't. I don't know. I mean, we could sit here and change it around. Yeah, I'm not. Times. I'm not going for an order exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if we need to start doing that, if we need to start going for an order. Um, well, that's another hour to the show. If <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's a pause the pause it and come back with it. Yeah, that's, that's true. what that is. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. if we're going to go for an order, then I'm going to put fo- Footloose at number one. You're yeah, it right. kind of has to be. Yeah. Um, and then just work our way back. Yeah. Um, well, the five we agreed on are for the top, the top five. Um, yeah, yeah. So... I mean, I'm comfortable with it as we've got yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. I okay. think I think we're good. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, I understand how you'd want one or two more, and I'd kind of want one. Or, but yeah, but we're we've got to stop at fifteen, right? So, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's the Fab fifteen, not the Fab twenty. Right. Because that doesn't it, uh, that doesn't work. It doesn't sound good. Uh, okay, that's where we are, folks. One more time, that list in no particular order: uh, the Life Aquatic with Steve Zizu. Uh, that thing you do, a mighty wind. This is Spinal Tap, Purple Rain, Heavy Metal, Easy Rider, Eddie and the Cruisers. One. Oh brother, where art thou? Saturday Night Fever, Footloose, which should be number one on the list. Uh, the Commitments, High Fidelity, Wayne's World, and Almost Famous. That's our Fab Fifteen movie soundtracks. Anything to add, Dave? Before we sign off. I don't think so. I think we've uh, pretty much got it covered. Okay. Just thanks, everybody, for listening and for welcoming me back on the show. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I have fun doing these. We should uh, do them as often as we can. 
Uh, I should uh, say, folks, there's stuff that I say at the end of every episode that uh, when I have a guest on, I should clarify, I'm speaking for me. If Dave wants to co-sign on any of this, he is more than welcome to do so, but I'm speaking for me in the outro of the show because empty checking ends the same way every time, and that way is for me to tell you that uh, please continue to take uh, responsible actions as far as COVID-19 goes. It's still out there. It's a lot better than it was, but it's still out there. So please do whatever is responsible, get vaccinated, all that. Please remember that black lives matter, that trans rights are human rights, that women's rights are human rights, and I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. Also, be good to each other, be good to yourselves, forgive each other, and forgive yourselves. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. Bye. Breakfast Club probably should have made the list. <laughs>